Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. This is the main event. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast, WrestleMania Edition. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, or radio guy, Cat Dad, and the one man took a party. I am Troy, and with me as always, the main event collector and figure hunting warrior, is the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia, and the Mr. Fuji to my Yokozuna, Banzai! It's Greg, what's up Greg? Could have went Steiners or Head Shrinkers and you went with that. I've used Steiners before, so... Uh, you should use them again, because, you know, go blue. Uh, no, I want to get as little of that garbage in on this podcast as possible i actually want to keep listeners and no not you michiganders or whatever the hell you call yourself thank you for listening by the way but uh f you did i turn it did i tune them out already I'll, I'll probably piss off a few more listeners along the way this is the way this is the way this is the way just remember no i'm not gonna say it. well we uh you should really show some respect to your daddy you know same uh, I'm not showing any respect to anything north of Ohio. All right. That includes you, Canada. I'm looking at you. But either way, uh, today we are getting into our first WrestleMania of the season. And this one is one of the worst WrestleManias of all time. I highly disagree. I think there are far worse. I haven't watched it back. I think that uh, stigma for me has changed. Well, I didn't say it was the worst. That one, I, I don't know. I mean, it would be 11. Yeah, there's a debate to have about that one. Well, 11, 27s in that uh, in that mix. Uh, yeah, and and the early ones, like they were historic, but like we've talked about it before, they weren't exactly like. Yeah, you know, I, I I've been rewatching all of them back, and WrestleMania one and two sucked. Yeah, WrestleMania two was the pits. They they were like, oh, we're in three different locations. Cool, so you can piss off more people and give more people boring shows. <laughs> you know, what? I was talking to uh, uh, someone in one of the groups I'm in. And uh, he's like, uh, uh, he's like fifty years old. He went to WrestleMania in uh, oh, part part one or two or three. Or it was one or two, not three. Uh, oh, it was I'm in sorry. Uh, it was in Long Island. Part yeah. two of WrestleMania two. And he said that what made him most pissed back then is they didn't advertise who was going to be where. Really? Yeah. He's like, he just went to the show and you didn't know what the main event was going to be. Good lord. And yeah, I'm like, wow, that's kind of bad because like now obviously WrestleMania is two days now. They specifically right. tell you on night one, this is what you're going to see. On night two, is what you're going to see. They didn't tell, hey, in LA, it's Hogan and Bundy in the cage, and 
Chicago. It's the Battle Royal. The boxing match is here. They didn't do any of that, apparently. I can't confirm it. It's what he said, though. Was the main, wasn't the main event of um, uh, New York, wasn't that uh, the boxing match? I think it was the boxing match. Pretty sure it was, yeah. Okay. Why would you yeah, have mystery yeah, in Chicago? I, Chicago... <laughs> I know they had yeah, all the right. there. I get that, but you know, Mr. T is a significant star at that moment. Yeah, was the main event the, the, of Chicago the Battle Royal, or was it the tag yeah. title match? Oh, okay. I think it was the Battle Royal. Uh, if you ask me, I, I, mean, I couldn't tell you off the back because I wasn't keeping notes, and I can tell you they kept throwing back and forth to every city. Like Vince and uh, whatever that, Susan right. St. James, was, they were in one place. They kept throwing back to them, and they kept going back to Gorilla and uh, whoever he was with, and then obviously Jesse and Elvira in L.A. Yeah. Uh, and they I kept was, around. I didn't know what the hell I was watching at any given moment. Well, what I thought was hilarious about that was Susan St. James kept going on about how excited she was to see Hulk Hogan in that cage match, whatever. And yeah. <laughs> they, they were in New York. <laughs> yeah, they were in New York. Hogan was out in L.A. It's like, oh, well, for God's sake. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she saw it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure on the, their little monitor there right in front of them. But it's like, it's oh, man. Suck. In the 80s, you get all these celebrities, and they all, of course, want to see Hulk Hogan. Yeah, well, um, you and I talked about how even, uh, uh, at, like, the first WrestleMania, tons of, like, actual big-name celebrities. WrestleMania 2, it was like, and these guys. <laughs> well, they're all the big, all the real ones were in the Battle Royal or associated with it. Yeah, right. The football well, stars. I mean, you did have some decent celebrities like i mean i don't know how big or how not uh susan st james was at the time uh, elvira was there she, she was, was married uh, to somebody that's why she was famous i think oh okay but elvira was a decent celebrity at the time but and then i didn't i couldn't even tell you who the hell kathy lee crosby is i have no idea yeah well according to you that that baseball manager that did some of the, of the announcing yeah, sort of okay yeah I, I i don't follow baseball screw the dodgers you said he was a, a real big name at the time but then they had people yeah, like... Yeah, uh, and they haven't even won the World Series yet. That's coming in uh, three more years? Yeah. And they beat us? Screw off. But then they had people like uh, uh, Herb from like the Where's Herb commercial or whatever the hell for Burger King. And then yeah, they Ricky had... Ricky Schroeder from Silver Spoons, too. Yeah. And then they had, they had uh, the Where's the Beef old lady that yeah. forgot her one line. Yeah, right. I uh, thought it was the, uh, the the mom from Throw Mom from the Train at first. <laughs> Yeah, she was also the old so, lady in the Goonies. That's who I thought it was. Yeah, right. Well, but that brings us full circle. WrestleMania 9, what we're talking about today. They're actually, they're in Las Vegas, which is a huge tourist destination. You figure, like, yeah, all, right? the cele- all the celebrities would come pouring in for this one and whatever. I think they nope. had one. Yeah, yeah. And she was just had, in the crowd, not part of the show. Right. They didn't, because even today, in today's WrestleMania, they'll go through, hey, so-and-so is here. Look over here. So-and-so is here. You know, they, they don't make a big deal out of it, but they show them, you know? It's like, oh, celebrities come in for WrestleMania. And it's a big deal. Back then, like, you figure... I, I don't know what... I know we reviewed WrestleMania 8 last year. Um, I don't really remember off the top of my head if they had a lot of celebrities there. I remember but, uh, Ariba McIntyre. Oh, Chico God, sister. yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Things uh, yeah, that apply today. <laughs> Which is really weird because uh, Reba McIntyre, you know, WrestleMania 8, that was 1992. And because when I is, think of Reba McIntyre, I think of Indianapolis. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, well, that was another one. Uh, but that was 1992. She's still a big name celebrity today, like still pumping out movies and TV shows and stuff. It's like, wow. OK, so it's like that one. Even people today can look back on. I was like, yeah, that was a pretty big name. Uh, but that's the only one that off the top of my head I can think of. Uh, well, that you thought of, actually. But 
WrestleMania 9, okay. yeah, it just, it just wasn't, I don't know. WrestleMania 10, they had a couple. They had well, they had, uh, they had Caesar and Cleopatra open the show, so I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, but either way, uh, but we'll talk about all that. Uh, we have plenty of news and notes to get to, obviously getting into WrestleMania here, but before we get into our first WrestleMania of the season... Time out here real quick to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to swiftlifestyles.com and use our special promo code main event marks, all one word, to get 15% off your order. It's main event marks, all one word, to get 15% off your order at checkout. And now we're going to get into our first break of the podcast. I'll let you know, though, don't skip ahead because not only are we going to tell you where to go to buy our awesome merchandise, you know, not uh, not biased or anything on our end, but I mean, you can go to our bonfire store and our uh, Redbubble store. We've got WrestleMania logo inspired merchandise on there. So if you're wanting to represent the podcast and uh, WrestleMania at the same time, you can go check that out. Also, telling you about some of the awesome podcasts. Uh, on I'm the- wearing our shirt right now. Oh, there you go. Uh, but we and we talk about other awesome podcasts, uh, not only in the Belly Up Network, but also uh, you know just friends of the show. You can check out uh, some of these. We we listen to uh, most of them. Apron and Bump, I, uh Curtain Jerk, and Puckberg. Yeah, Those are my and three. As, uh, as, uh, as Ron Swanson says, "Son, you should know that my recommendation is essentially a guarantee." <laughs> so there you go. Check it out. And but check that out. We'll be talking about. Uh, here in Puckburg, uh, it's a, uh, according to him, I, I don't keep up with hockey, but according to him, it's a hot time in hockey right now, and he's constantly tweeting about it. And I think we're going to get a Stanley Cup final that we don't expect. Yeah, so there you go. If you're a big hockey fan, check that out. There's some other sports. I'm sorry, uh, Kyle. I hope to God it's not the Avalanche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's some other awesome sports and wrestling-related podcasts we'll talk about in our breaks as well, so stay tuned for them. But on the other end of this break, it is news and notes time. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble in your new main event marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store Slash main event marks. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event, Marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. 
I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Real quick, we want to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Shock Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks that gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form and you mix them into water. You can either choose from green apple or watermelon. You can also try both if you get their sample kit. Use our special link that is down in the podcast description, or you can simply go to shockedenergy.com at checkout. Use the promo code main event, all one word, to save 10% on your order. That's promo code main event, and you're going to save 10% at checkout. Do you like your coffee like you like your podcasts? Gimmick and politics free? Well, so do we here at the main event, Marks, and so do the guys and gals at Coffee Brand Coffee, where they ditch the gimmicks. You see, when you buy your coffee from other roasters, chances are that they've been sitting on the shelf for heaven knows how long. Don't rob yourself of freshness. At Coffee Brand Coffee, they roast to order, ensuring that you get the freshest coffee possible. And as Greg will tell you, that's what counts. Coffee Brand Coffee offers bagged coffee, as well as K-Cups, And for the non-coffee people, they offer a variety of teas and cocos. Just click on the link down to the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. News and notes time leading into WrestleMania 9. Obviously, the big story, as you can see from... uh, Only drinking bottled water against other by the way. Uh, so no crack. Hey, I'm drinking a uh, carbonated. No, no crack. Water. We only do the we only do herb in California. They talk about. Good lord. Uh, yeah, no, I'm drinking uh, carbonated, zero calorie, zero caffeine, zero sodium water, uh, white grape flavored. So there you go. I'm Trying all to for feed. the zero uh, calories and sodium, but. Yeah, I don't know. Zero caffeine, uh, zero sugar too. So I'm saying I'm being somewhat healthy. Either way, uh, big story you could tell from just watching WrestleMania itself is Jim Ross. So, despite not yet getting his release from WCW, uh, Jim, <laughs> Ross, Jim Ross went on his Atlanta radio show this weekend, the show that is sponsored by WCW, by the way, and had Vince McMahon, <laughs> and Vince McMahon, Bobby Heenan, and Shawn Michaels on as guests to promote WrestleMania. Vince also announced, that the, uh, announced on the show that Ross would be joining the WWF, it's believed that Ross is going to claim that WCW removed him from payroll as a legal loophole of getting out of the WCW deal and will likely start with WWF on Sunday at WrestleMania. Well, wouldn't you know who won the pony? Is this when they were trying to get away from the Southern boy wrestling? Yeah, right. Yeah, because, I mean, if you look at, there's a 
I mean, people might not get it right at first if you haven't been watching wrestling for a long time, but there is a difference between Jim Ross and good old JR. And this was full on NWA, WCW, Jim Ross that you transplanted from there and put in a toga and threw onto WrestleMania. Now, commentary was fine. I, I, it just, it was the same as always, but it just like the look was odd after seeing him on the old NWA shows. It, like it took some getting used to. It's like, oh yeah. Wonder. Did, Have you ever noticed, by the way, revisionist history? It's like, oh, you know, his first ever show, he had to wear a toga. Like when people say that, they act like he was the only one there wearing a toga. <laughs> right. Notice that? Like, they always say, oh, he had to wear a toga his first night out there. Like everybody was, dude. Yeah, that was the thing. It's not like, oh, let's play a rib on Jim Ross. <laughs> yeah, that's what. That, that's how they make it sound. I mean, they don't well say that. That's how they. That's how they make it sound. It was first night here. He had to wear a toga because he was the only one doing it. I've heard some people, the way they say it was like, it wasn't necessarily a dig on, like, oh, they were doing something to him. The way that, like, I've heard some people word it where it's like, oh, God, now he's joining Cartoon World or, you know, they're freaking wearing togas and stuff. It's like, okay, yeah, but they're they're doing gangbusters over in WCW right now. Like, come on. Like, he could be commentating a show that nobody gives a damn about. Like, there's that, you know. Been there and done that. Yeah, right. Like, I think he wanted to get paid and uh, actually be used properly for once. So, and the thing, uh, it, uh, I didn't notice it until about halfway through the show, but what was funny was they kept calling Howard Finkel Finkus Maximus. <laughs> yeah, it was his idea. That's hilarious. But they're like, now get back, getting back to the ring with Finkus Maximus. <laughs> like, oh man, that's funny. But sticking with WrestleMania here, uh, WrestleMania has sold about 13,000 tickets. With oh, almost, actually, yeah. Well, what does Uncle Dave say? Well, we'll get into that with the actual event review. But uh, with almost no freebies, and it should easily be a sellout by showtime. I think it was, but it was a small venue, so I guarantee I mean, you there were freebies, but they were paid freebies. Right. So that's what Bishop used to talk about for um, Halloween Havoc. Like they were all sold, like to casinos and stuff, as comps for people. Right. Yeah. I mean, so the casino like had. That. To- well, the casino had to keep their whales happy, you know. So I mean, it's that—that that is a thing out in Vegas, you know. If if uh, hey, I was a huge fan of that show Las Vegas on NBC back in the day with Josh Duhamel. So yeah, you learn all this stuff from there. Never watched that one. Yeah, James Conner was a fantastic show. Got to keep uh, got to keep the high rollers happy, man. And WrestleMania tickets are uh, oh, that's going to make some people happy. They're not as I, I guarantee they weren't as expensive as they are today, but they were well, still WrestleMania tickets make me as happy as I can be with my clothes on. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, this kind of explains something. I mean, it doesn't explain why they why the hell they booked the match, but kind of explains something for later in the show. Razor Ramon's knee injury has gotten worse as he now has a staph infection, and he's but he's still expected to work his WrestleMania match against Bob Backlund. Right. Bob effing Backlund. In 1993. In year, yeah, in the year 93. And, uh, hey, guess what, people? He'll be back. <laughs> like, I get He was a big deal. Howdy Doody there was a big deal back in the day. <laughs> but, but nobody gave a damn about him during this time. Like, why do you oh, keep bringing him You can him hear back? the crickets. Yeah, right. Like, who cares? It wasn't like Hulk Hogan coming back. Like, he was a big deal before they were a national property. So, no, bro, nobody cared, bro. Who I don't care about Backlund, bro. I know Vince, I'm sure Vince had a soft spot for, for Backlund, but 
feel like Bob, I feel like Beckham was his dad's guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I guess there was a. From what I had heard, I think Bruce Pritchard told the story. It was uh, it was either him or Jim Cornette. So there was a this thing where they were they were telling um, uh, Vince Senior there. They said, "Oh, you're you're gonna want to take the Steve Kern. He's gonna be your your next guy." And he's like, mm, "I'll take Backlund." And <laughs> Vince Junior took him as freaking uh, what was his name Skinner. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, there's your like, guy. Yeah, right. They're like, oh, Steve Kern's a good-looking guy. He can wrestle. The you know the 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 men like him. The ladies love him. He's gonna be your next star. And he's like, ah, I'll take Backlund. And they're like, you don't want Backlund. Some pasty white, you know, uh, Richie Cunningham looking. <laughs> yep. For some and, reason, that's uh, Cornette's knock him on guys. He's like him. fishy white. <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, these are the he's, he's, <laughs> well, they're, well, they're like he's bland. Nobody cares. He's fishy white. Yeah, he's like, he's got no definition. He looks like he looks like a. a uh, more in shape, Richie Cunningham, like whatever. You're, you're not going to be able to do anything with him. And Vince was like, "I'll take you up on that." And he went and made Backlund a, a freaking star and sold out MSG with him and everything. So he won in the end. But good God, like quit bringing him back, man. Nobody in the '90s gave a damn. And then freaking uh, uh, Kevin Nash had a, apparently had a hard on for him and brought him into TNA. So well, yeah, he let him beat him eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yeah, that's right. Well, maybe that was his payback. He's like, hey, uh, I told you I'd get you back. <laughs> so here you go. Thanks for doing the job in, in MSG. Okay, how is getting someone into TNA payback? That seems like that seems like payback like, for like an evil reason. He got it. <laughs> Show that he, ass getting him into TNA. <laughs> I, I could see why you would say that. But it was a consistent paycheck for him not having to do a whole lot. So there you go. At that point, it was probably all Backlund wanted. He was like, he got uh, to come in and insult the plebeians. Right. He's like, is my check going to be in my hand at the end of the day? Then I will show up. It's like, all right, Bob. Uh, speaking of people that, you know, why the hell is this on the card? But here we go. Uh, Giant Gonzalez and Harvey Whippleman were on Regis and Kathy Lee to promote their WrestleMania match. Like, that's what you want on to promote your WrestleMania match. The guy doesn't speak English. You know, the guy sounds like he's chain smoking a pack of smokes a day. Yeah, right. <laughs> like... Man, the guy with the only guy in the business with a worse voice than Harley Race, and yeah, giant like to your point, Giant Gonzalez who can't freaking speak English, and uh, according to Jim Ross, couldn't he couldn't teach him how to cut a promo, teach him how to do anything. And you see him on uh, Reese's Kathy Kathy Lee. I, I didn't watch the show back in the day, but he's like, hey, uh, Giant Gonzalez, you're a bit, you're a big fella. What are you gonna do to the Undertaker at WrestleMania? Hmm, I kill him. <laughs> <laughs> that would that have been great. Uh, isn't he already dead? Hmm, Regis. I you remember that scene that. in Rocky Three when they asked Mr. T or, or Clever Lang, what's your, what's your plan for this fight? He went, mm, pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do we expect from your WrestleMania match? Mm, pain. I kill him. <laughs> All right. Well, nice to see you, Giant. Good Lord. But anyway, oh, this, and uh, I like this, this next story, by the way. The hot topic of conversation in the locker rooms throughout the industry these days is about the U.S. Justice Department uh, investigating the WWF. I bet. Wow, not the UWF, huh? Who's coming after him to shut him down? Yeah, right. Well, naturally, the uh, the government is being tight-lipped about it, but uh, so there is very little little solid solid information to go on. They have subpoenaed and interviewed dozens of wrestlers, and the most Uncle Dave feels confident in saying is that much of the investigation focuses on drugs, mostly steroids, but not limited to just that. Well, yeah. I mean, what the hell else would they be investigating them for? 
I don't know. This doesn't go anywhere, obviously, for the U.S. Justice Department. They're going to waste a lot of time well, it goes down the toilet. Right. Well, aren't you glad to see, even back in the early 90s, Greg, that our government was spending our, you know, the taxpayers' money just really well, and, and uh, it, was, yeah, it was all to done good. Yeah, people doing steroids that are uh, on a scripted show, by the way. Right. Uh, I, feel like, no. I feel like they spent less money on the baseball scam after Conseco blew the door open. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, you know, I... I don't know about you, Greg, but I feel confident in where my taxpayer dollars are going. <laughs> so every time I turn the damn news, yep. they're building a million dollar or eleven million dollar bathroom in San Francisco. Yep. <laughs> there you go, folks. Well, thanks for, thanks for your hard work. <laughs> yep. Well, there. Yeah, there's that. And then uh, how's that? How's that high speed rail coming? Uh, it ain't. Yeah. There you go. I got it every wheel. Well, moving on, I, I don't think you and I will have much to say about this, because I don't know anything about this guy. You probably don't either. But one of the founding fathers of the National Wrestling Alliance and co-founder of the AWA with Vern Gagne, Wally Carbo, passed away this week from a heart attack at the age of... Yeah, zero idea. Got yeah. him get for that. I, How dare you well, know I've heard, who this guy is? I've heard the name. Like, well, I, I don't I've know who your father who is. is but, <laughs> wow. Uh, but I've heard of I, I've heard the name Wally Carbo. I obviously, you know, I just said what he did, but I, I don't really know anything about him. So there you go. Uh, I, I really can't add anything to the story, but Seth, I figured I it was a Herb Abrams and we do this guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you come out with a Dark Side of the Ring episode about uh, Wally Carbo and I'll check it out. <laughs> uh, well, well, I, actually, I be hope involved. not, because that usually means right. he was like a horrible person or something bad went down. Right. Well, I have not two. checked out. I need to binge watch it. Uh, that other show that they came out with about the territories that The Rock uh, narrates. Yeah, I can't remember. That too. I haven't seen it yet. Is it on Vice? Yeah, it looks. Uh, yes. Then it's on Hulu, probably. Right. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it is. It looks really good. Uh, so I need to go back and watch it. But I, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Uh, the death of ter- not death of the territories. I don't know. Either way. But yeah, that one looked pretty good. The Rock commentator uh, narrates it. Whatever. So, moving on here. The upcoming 25th anniversary show for All Japan Women's Wrestling takes place this week. It already sold at 17,000 seats uh, in their arena and will end up being the largest gate in history for women's wrestling. Uh, flash forward to, uh, you know, today's times. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, it's pretty damn popular, man. WrestleMania now. Yeah, right. The all-time attendance record of around 19,000 took place in the 1950s for a show headlined by Mildred Burt. So the record is safe, but there's that's still expected to be the biggest money-making show ever for women's wrestling. I can't remember off the top of my head the attendance for Evolution. but uh, It could have been sure. more than 20, because it was in the Nassau Coliseum, I think, right? Right. Well, my point is, uh, it might have did more than that, whatever it was. But I know the tickets... They, I don't know. The way, the way the tickets went was like... A little slower than other shows, but they they filled up at least most of the arena. So either way, pretty sure they made some money off of that show. Bro, it's women's it, wrestling, bro. Nobody cares, bro. Bro, get them naked, bro. Ronda Rousey needs a boob job, bro. Did you hear the? Did you see the thing he said about uh, Rhea Ripley needs to drop the whole gothic look so they yes. should look more pretty? Like that's her effing gimmick. Plus the fact that I I think that's just her anyway. But it's like. It's a gimmick. It's a character. Why would she drop it so that she can, quote-unquote, look more pretty? Like, good God, man. 
Plus, because according to Jim Cornette, he wants every woman to look like Sable. Yeah, I can see that now. Oh, everybody just needs to be a generic blonde with big fake breasts and whatever. It's like, you know, there's there's more to it than that, right? Like, you get that, right? He probably thinks Bailey's ugly too. I think he said Thunder Rosa was a horrible look at. Yeah, good look. Or good lord, <laughs> bro, she's brown, bro. How can I relate? No, you're right. He's a good look. <laughs> what an effing loser. But it's like, look, everybody has their type, whatever. But it's like the fact that he's just like, all oh, these women, these women all need to look the same, like they came out of a machine. Like, good God, man. <sighs> whatever. Plus, I don't think uh, Rhea Ripley's going for, you know, oh, uh, does, does Vince Russo think I'm hot? Do the, do the people in the crowd think I'm hot? I'm sure she's, you know, she's doing pretty well for herself right about now. She just won the Women's Royal Rumble. And uh, crowd was pretty damn into it, it seemed like. But either way. Uh, hey, speaking of uh, muscle people, Ultimate Warrior is apparently telling people that he won't be working the Kerry Von Eric Memorial show, saying that he would have, but no one from GWF has ever actually contacted him about it. Meanwhile, I don't ask me what GWF is. Apparently, that's whoever's holding the Kerry Memorial or Kerry Von Eric Memorial show. Uh, the fact but, that you said I don't know what it is and holding this Memorial show, that's not good. He's always going to watch it. Yeah, right. Well, meanwhile, GWF continues to advertise. God, that's the worst part about it. GWF continues to advertise the Ultimate Warrior for the show, which pretty sure is illegal. He was a renegade. Uh, yeah. Well, they, they should have just advertised an ultimate surprise. That would have... Oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, word is that Jake Roberts pulled out as well. I'm going to leave that's that alone. False. He's a wrestling whore because he does everything. Uh, the show will be taped and... Uh, any video release benefits will also be going to Carrie Von Eric's daughters. By the so way, that's, that's good. A little off topic, but on that topic, did you notice that WWE's doing an A and E documentary on Jake the Snake? Uh, no, I didn't pay attention to that. Despite but, him being in AEW at the moment, well, you wouldn't know that because him and Archer have been on TV in like six months. Yeah, right. Well, he's Greg. He's a bench rider. Okay, he's a third stringer. Okay, you you don't send him out there for the championship game. I'll never, ever forget Tony Khan saying that garbage. Just like, God dang, man. Make sure to get Zippy the Pinhead on every show. Good Lord. <laughs> well, he's a he's a first stringer, Greg. My God, just look at him. If he was in a... Or if he was in or a, his next caster called him the not-so-great Collie. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. The not-so-great Collie. Holy crap. If he was in WWE, he would just be the fourth member of Jinder's group. Yeah, right. <laughs> Along with, uh, with I, I know one of them is uh, Veer Mahan. I don't know the other one. I, uh, I forget his name. It's not Shanky. I don't know where the hell he went. Yeah, he just kind of disappeared. By the way, what is it with, uh, with WWE? It's like, we got to make the Indian guys dance. You're a big Indian MFer. Well, if you're an Indian guy, you got to dance. If you're Asian, you're evil. Yeah, right. Indeed. <laughs> uh, wow, hey, uh, that's a good segue, actually, because it was announced that the great Muta will be out for three months after suffering a knee injury last week, which obviously means that the planned Hulk Hogan versus Great Muta match for next month is out of the question. Or is it? Yeah, that still happens, by the way. You can uh, find video of it online. It's actually a pretty good match. Uh, uh, Hulk if you Hogan. go back and watch, you're wondering what the hell you're watching, because like, Hulk Hogan's doing moves you've never seen him do before. Yeah. 
yeah, Hulk Hogan. Uh, Hulk Hogan actually pulls out some some cool moves against Great Muda there. So he had he had a few good matches in New Japan. But yeah, it's it's funny that you were mentioning uh, evil. You know, if you're Asian, you got to be evil because boom, there you go with uh, with Great Muda. But these next story, uh, next few stories, I don't know if we'll have much to add to them, but it kind of shows the the state of wrestling at the time. Because of the state budget defic- uh, deficits, the Oregon Wrestling Commission will be going away soon. The commission is the most well-known in America because of the way that it strictly enforces the rules. This is why Art Barr could never get reinstated there and why the WWF didn't run shows in Oregon for years. I remember hearing about that. Bruce Pritchard said as soon as that commission shut down, then they finally started running Oregon again. That's, that's pretty bad. It's like, let's make a government agency to cost us money yearly. That's smart. Financial deficiency at its best. Yeah. Uh, this one, Eddie Gilbert's promo on USWA last week was Hot apparently stuff, a- Gilbert. Oh, excuse the F out of me. Me, right? But his, okay, uh, get it. his promo was apparently a legit shoot brawl, and he has quit the promotion. Which promo? Uh, apparently, he just cut a promo on USWA saying that he quit, and everybody thought it was a, a, a everybody thought he was working him, brother. But apparently, it was a shoot, and he legit quit and left. So there Special, you go. Huh? Yeah. Oh, no, he left Memphis. What, in 1993? Whatever will they do? Call the king. <laughs> the real king, Jerry Lawler. Yeah, right. Not, not, uh, not the hot stuff king. Uh, there you go. Smoky Mountain Wrestling has applied for membership with the National Wrestling Alliance. Quote, for whatever that's worth these days, Uncle Dave says. Here. <laughs> yep. Uh, in, in theory, it gives them the possibility of the NWA champion currently Barry Windham, coming to wrestle for Smoky Mountain Wrestling, but that's unlikely to actually ever happen. Yeah, they never did join the NWA. Fast forward to 2023, you won't believe this crap. Yeah, right. Uh, Jim Cornette, I think he said he never did apply. He said that was all BS, and the NWA was drumming that for a while, claiming that they were trying to join. And Jim Cornette said, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I, he might have talked to him about it, but it, was never, it never really got serious. And then uh, we had a story at a later show we were talking about where Jim Cor- they claimed that Jim Cornette wanted them to, I think, make Dan Severn the, the champion or take the title off of Dan Severn, one of the two. And Jim Cornette said that was BS. He never, he never said that. So I don't know. Oh, good Lord. But whatever. It's the NWA in the early 90s. Nobody cares, bro. Oh, you did have a hard on for Dan Severn, though. Yeah, right. Well... Hey, uh, Which makes you wonder, and I'm not defending the idiot, but why did Russo get heat for having a hard on for Tank Abbott when it was fine to have him for uh, Dan Severn? Right. At least Tank Abbott could kind of talk and had kind of a personality. Remember you know, almost killed I... a man live on pay-per-view? Yes. <laughs> I, he literally he said, I will effing kill you while, while holding a knife to his throat. No, he was threatening to cut his beard off, Tony Shimani said. <laughs> oh yeah, we did. Because we didn't just hear him say, I will effing kill you or nothing. Nah, nah, nah. And that was scissors he had, not, you know, because he was doing his best Sid Vicious impression. Good Lord. No, it's a Max Caster impression. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I got told off multiple times on YouTube for us saying that Dan Severn is boring. And somebody replied, said, well, uh, tell me you don't know anything about grappling without saying you don't know anything about grappling. And it's like, I'm not even talking about MMA. And even if I was, always said that he was boring. We didn't say that he sucked. 
It's like, did you listen to anything that we said in the clip, or are you just commenting based on the title? Yeah. And then Why open the book? The cover tells you the whole story. Yeah, right. It's like, and then all these other people pouring in. Well, what do you mean he's pouring? And, like, they wanted, like, a full breakdown explanation. This one guy was like, well, how is he boring? I'm like, because he has no personality. Well, yeah. Well, he was like, well, what do you, I said, because he has no personality. Well, what do you mean by personality? I'm like, mother of God. Okay, now, now, in in their defense, for them to defend that, I want them to show me a clip of when he did something when he had personality. Yeah. And it's like, I'm making the claim. You're refuting it. I have stated my case. If you want to refute my case, then show me proof. Bring receipts. Because at this point, well, we it's like, dude, you're... fight with him in Shamrock, I think it was in Detroit, where they circled the octagon for like 45 minutes straight, back in the old rules. They didn't do anything. It's one of the most right. boring fights in the history of MMA. Boom. I rest my case. <sighs> yep. Well, and, he, and, and especially, like, that's bad enough in MMA. Then he gets into wrestling. I said, he looked bland. He, he didn't have any, like, expressions. He didn't talk when he did talk it was bland he sounded like somebody's dad just explaining that he was going to go to the store and pick up some milk like for god's sake man you can't just like, have a, a magnum pi mustache and think you're you know i'm right it's like why explain to me why i should care about this guy that's my thing and explain why he's not boring whatever and it's like and it's not because they said right and they well, and the thing is, they act like this is some giant, re- like some huge revelation. You and I are stating something that's never been stated before in the history of man. Literally, everyone, everywhere has said he's boring as crap, except for I think maybe Jim Cornette hasn't said Jim it. Jim Cornette just I don't know right. if he hasn't. I don't know if he said he's not boring or not, but say he right. thinks he's the greatest thing ever. Oh, well, he's legit. Okay, and like Brock is legit, and he has personality. There you go. Whatever. It's like it. Like you have to show me a reason to care rather than just oh well I can take people down to the mat and hump them to death. <sighs> anyway, uh, moving on here. Next couple things. Even Tank Abbott joined. Uh, what was it? what was that band? That, uh, three Count. They gave him some life. <laughs> Stupid right. as it was. No. Yep. Uh, you'll have to tell me if this name sounds familiar to you. Eric Embry attempted a comeback match in Texas after suffering a severe knee injury in a car accident a few months ago. You know that name? I've heard of the name. He, I know he was in, I, I want to say he was in AWA for a while. Uh, I think he was there, like, whatever their equivalent of, like, light, the Google light machine here. <laughs> I think he was one of their lightweight champions or whatever they have. But either way, the match was a six-man tag, and Embry didn't do much, uh, and he was limping badly. What's his name, Eric Embry? Yeah. But he looks he was, like, uh, he almost looks like Johnny Valiant a little bit, but he's not. Uh, yeah, he was yeah, young, uh, luscious Johnny from what I remember. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. But, uh, anyway, I guess he was sad to watch. Uh, Hold on, can we to... mention, by the way, his freaking epic mullet? F, yeah, man. Well, I think that was a requirement during that time. You had to have that, that mullet rocking. Or nobody can higher, higher than Snoop Dogg and tight as hell. Good lord! But it was sad to watch with him trying to uh, trying to work. He appeared, or, and uh, it appeared that his in-ring future is questionable. This was indeed Embry's final match ever. That sucks. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to crap on the guy. I really, I'm, I'm really. Not, I think but... I might have heard his name in the WCCW documentary. 
Yeah, most likely. Yeah, he got around to he was a I don't want to say a bigger name, but he was a he was a known name in the territory days. But uh, he was never like a I don't think he was ever like a main event kind of guy or whatever. Was he ever uh, anywhere in big companies? In where? Was or he ever in any of the big companies? Not that I know. I know, of. I know. WCW was a big company, but it wasn't the WWE, yeah. WCW. Sorry, it's not. It's, it's true. It was a territory, yeah. So I think he was he was only around the territory time. Like Class, I said, USWA, All Japan, World Wrestling Council. Back to USWA. Okay, so I was wrong. It was WCCW, not AWA. So I think he was on maybe one of the super clashes that we watched. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Other than that, I don't really know much about him. But he was before my time. And like I was going to say, I'm not crapping on the guy, but like in 1993, I don't think the, in, to your point, the big companies were uh, clamoring to get Eric Embry on the roster. So I don't think he was a spring chicken. He, he looks like he would have fit right in with the dynamic dudes. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, but try saying Cowabunga dude with a Texas accent. Oh, yeah, I go surfing all the time, man. You know how I do. Lord. Yeah, good Lord. More like Joe Dirt. <laughs> but former Portland promoter Don Owen said that the Portland Sports Arena, home of the home of uh, Portland wrestling for decades, uh, he sold it to a church group. The church bought the arena sight unseen and when they went to the building for the first time, several wrestlers hanging out there chased them away because wrestling shows were still being run there by St. promotion. Yeah. Uh, the church demanded that the wrestlers and people still running shows be evicted immediately. Well, if they bought the place and they had the deed in hand, yeah, I could. they, they had every right in the world to kick their asses out. But who the hell, if, let's say they did have the deed. You can do that in California, baby. Squatter's rights. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, but my question is, if they did have the deed and they did buy it and they were the owners at that time, how was anybody else allowed to still run wrestling shows there? How, how, how could they get into the building? You said they bought it at sight unseen. Right. So it was like somebody there the problem. Had a, you didn't, still had a key. Why would you buy anything sight unseen? Aren't you going to do inspection on everything? Or yeah, am I just right. making too much sense? I don't know. Well... Hey man, they could have they had a they could have had a cool crossover with their Sunday service, man. You know, elbow drops for the Lord, man. <laughs> oh my pastor, god! Have the pastor up there and be like, "I know which one of you didn't put in the offering basket." Oh yeah, and at the end of the service today, I'm calling your ass up. Dig it. I can see them no. bringing some guy dressed in like the devil and just beating the hell out of him, waterboarding with holy water. Don't go too far on that. <laughs> Well, and if it was in today's world, they're like, uh, oh, well, somebody uh, didn't put in the offering basket. We know who you are. And all of a sudden, like, enter Sandman hits and Sandman comes out and canes some random guy in the crowd. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, maybe you'll remember next time to bring cash. They're like, oh, he donated on the app. It's like, oh, Do you remember that oh, scene oh, coming to America when they're at the, that, the, the first part when he meets the girl they're at the, the concert thing? And the, the uh, collection plates go by, and he throws a chicken bone in there. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> He's yeah, like, donation, you need donation. I thought it was the trash. Shut your mouth. <laughs> lord. Does this look like a urinal to you? <laughs> hey, stop oh, shooting in the trash. <laughs> Let me give you watch one out. tip. Watch, watch out for that bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> old lady. I was about to say that. You <laughs> My favorite part is that she's a little old lady. That's my favorite part. Yeah, right. Watch out for that bitch. 
Canadian penny? Really? <laughs> oh man. Hey, so, I already said I already said the line I donated trash. Oh, we'll cut that. Oh, good lord. Uh, no, you, you know what? America's hat. You deserve it. All right. Speaking of America's hat, by the way, that leads us into this next story. You keep giving me good transitions today. Bruce Hart is trying, this, folks. We don't rehearse the show ever, and I think it shows. Exactly. Bruce Hart is trying to revive local wrestling in Calgary, Mother of God, and has reportedly talked to several ex WWF stars. Is he the dick that everyone in the family hates, or is it Keith? I don't, I don't know. Uh, well, Keith is the firefighter. Uh, Smith is the crazy one. Allegedly. Allegedly. And Bruce is the one that kind of looks like Owen that everybody said was like always I trying to get the, the center one. of attention. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. And he socked Stone Cold at, uh, was it, um, uh, help pretty me sure out here, Canadian Stampede. Pretty sure it was the Canadian Stampede. Yeah. He, he like socked him for a shoot. Stone Cold was like, dude, we're working here. That's kind of funny though. But anyway, uh, he's talked to several ex WWF stars like Hawk. All right. The Berserker, uh, okay, Repo Man. Man, he's lining them up, huh? <laughs> and Nails, among others. Right. Yeah. Uh, I just, um... It's a hell of a lineup, man. I went in there and Bruce tried to grab my penis. You know, looking at this list, the only thing it, it says to me is he's literally getting everybody from Minnesota. It's like, ah, oh, that's only a... It, you can drive across the border. You're fine. Let's look at that list. Hawk, Berserker, Repo Man, Nails. Literally all of them are from Minnesota. <sighs> Whatever. This one, yikes. This is like vaguely wrestling related. Oh, man. That's this a is a, great introduction. <laughs> well, this yikes. is our W. We haven't done this in a while, but this is our WTF story of the week. So here you go. Someone planted a bomb in, in Australia. When he was arrested, he claimed that he was famous wrestler Killer Kowalski. And the Australian news agencies reported it as if he was the real Kowalski who had planted the bomb. What the fuck? Well, he said it, therefore it is. Well, we already, you know, crapped on the, on the government earlier, so we got to crap on mainstream media here. Yeah, that's some good, you know, really... Uh, uh, boots to the pavement uh, reporting there you did. Like, you didn't even check the guy's story. You could have looked at an effing picture. Oh, it's pro wrestling, so, they, you know, anything that can ruin it, image they, they're for. Well, did you ever see that anything one? Anything that guy, can on, this, wrestling, you know that. Yeah. You remember well, that scene it, in, uh, in Rush Hour when he, he kind of jokes, he goes, we're going to humiliate anybody, why not LAPD? That's what the media is. Yeah, like, exactly. humiliate anybody, why not rest pro wrestling? Well, did you ever see that story of this guy that got pulled over and arrested for DUI or something like that, and he said he was the undertaker, and the news media just effing ran with it. No. Yeah, this happened a few years ago, like, and it was, like, everywhere, like, oh, WWE's the undertaker gets arrested, whatever, and, like, they act like it was real. Like, dude, all you had to do was turn on the TV, because the undertaker's, like, halfway across the country at that point. You look anything like him? Uh, I think he had, like, long, dark hair and, uh, and a goatee, and he was pale. Well, and there was one time, I guess, part of the falling out between Brian, uh, uh, Brian Lee and The Undertaker years ago was because he got arrested and gave Mark Calloway's name when he was arrested. So, and this was during well, the He's got bigger problems than losing a friendship over something like that. Yeah, right. But, like, that's, that's pretty effed up, man. It's like, like, do you think they're not going to figure it out that you're not Mark Calloway after a while? Like, come on, man. 
people are dumb. No. Yeah. Oh, speaking of uh, useless signings here, here we go. Getting back oh, into WWF. Mike Shaw and the Harris Twins have been offered contracts by the WWF. Oh, Mike Shaw? Tell people who that is in case they don't know. It's, it's the Booger yeah. Man. Booger Man. <laughs> and the evil, uh, what was he, a uh, monk? Uh, yeah, the Mad Monk. And Friar Ferguson. Was, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Friar Ferguson, the Mad Monk. In WCW and NWA, he was Norman the Lunatic and then just Norman. And then AKA he was... the early version of Eugene, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And oh, then, that was Dave Sullivan. No, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, well, yeah, there's that, too. And then there was... Uh, and, yeah, obviously, he was Bastion Booger. And he would frequently take people on trips to the Batcave. Like, apparently, like, is not an official name. Right. They just said it, kind of. But <laughs> it's a hilarious name. But dude, your finishing move is you teabag the guy. Right. Like a couple what? times he did it while eating food. Right. Yeah, you you're eating food and you teabag the guy and smack him in the face with your fupa. So there you and go. I know what you people are thinking this is not nineteen ninety five. I believe this is nineteen ninety three and four. It is, yes. But he was ahead of his time. Oh yeah. Well this wasn't an occupational gimmick because what the hell occupation is Bash and Booger? Booger man. Well, meanwhile, the real Mr. Man, Rumble because he got food poisoning. <laughs> is that real? I don't know, but he never came up with Royal Rumble when he saw the commentary. He didn't come out because he had food poisoning. Oh my gosh! And I, I know he like legit shoved food, all kinds of food in his mouth on camera. So I don't right. know if it was real. I don't know. Effing sick. Man. All I'm saying is the case is there for it to be legit. Why did you see anything he did in in WCW and think we have to sign that guy? <laughs> Just why? <laughs> like, tell me that. Can you give me a logical explanation for why? They, they stole him the same way WCW gets Hogan in a few years, or months, I should say. Um, yep. Hell of a trade, Thanks. huh? <laughs> right. Uh, well, meanwhile, uh, Repo Man, Barry Darso, has finished up with a company this week and is reportedly getting out of the business and into selling car alarms which is kind of funny given the character he plays. <laughs> Holy God. <laughs> Dude, that fool had every freaking gimmick under the sun. Yep. And by the way, he's he about to go be the, the business. He's about to go be the trucker in that crap that we just did. It's now in the archives. Uh, yep. He's going to be hole-in-one Barry Darso. Yep. There's some logic uh, on that. You can figure out what that was. <laughs> the trucker, by the way, was, uh, what was it? Blacktop Bully. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there's that. <laughs> I want to say he went God. back to being Crusher Darso at some point for a minute. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, he was Crusher Khrushchev for a little bit, but that was during his, yeah. yeah, that was during a time in was it two thousand or ninety nine, whatever, where he was like he had a new gimmick every other week. Yeah, and that was kind of his gimmick. What he would like mix up his gimmicks. That's kind of a WCW thing. Cause remember they brought back uh, Big Bubba Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get it. They got of... sued for calling him the boss. Guardian Angel just wasn't happening. Oh, it's reverse right. to the uh, thing from way back before when everyone who was uh, watching this right now wasn't even alive, probably. <laughs> right. Ugh, man. Uh, I w- I'm kind of curious now if he did the commercials for those car alarms as the Repo Man. That'd be hilarious. <sighs> but 
Here we go. Chris Benoit was booked for WCW house shows this month, despite the company not yet signing him to a contract. But he didn't show up, and word is that he's probably done with WCW. <laughs> Had to get in one of them. <laughs> He'd show up in about a year, I think. I want to say he's on... About a Star- year, give or take, yeah. I think he's at Starcade 94. I know he's at Starcade 95. I, uh, is he at Starcade? I don't think anybody ever wants to talk about either one of those Starcades. So, uh, no. Look, Starcade '95, like the matches, most of the matches didn't necessarily suck. It just like nobody gave a damn. Like it was just New Japan it's versus WWE. Been a TV thing on Nitro, right? Yeah. And shocker, shocker, Sting won a trophy. Another one to throw into his bin. Like. <laughs> Uh, Dutch Mantel likely won't be getting the commentary job that he was trying to get with WCW officials, beca- or because yeah, WCW... commentary sucks. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's because, apparently, that WCW officials uh, feel that he's too country. Oh, well, yeah. They feel that he's too country. And when you're coming off Jim Ross, man, and they're telling you you're too country... <laughs> man, he's about as country as corn pone. Corn pone, pig's feet, collard greens. Yeah, that's uh. Let me ask you something. I've heard that a million times. What the hell are collard greens? Uh, I, I don't know. They're like uh, a bunch of vegetables, kind of shredded up. I know that there's uh, some kind of like leafy something or other in there, and it's like boiled. I've never had it. You can get it in a can, or you can get I'm it from fresh. California. When you say leafy anything, um... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was a thing, but. I've heard, I've heard a couple times from people calling me. Is it collared or collied? Collared. Like, yeah. That's a, <laughs> I think that was a joke on, uh, I think it was a joke on The Office. Something about, uh, said, somebody said something about collared greens. And it's like, ah, oh, that's offensive. Don't, don't call them colored greens, okay? <laughs> uh, here's something. like some smart-ass stuff I would just say for fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's, here's. This guy uh, is going to have a, a bit of an interesting future here. Johnny B. Bad still has not re-signed with WCW. He's trying I'm to a bad man. <laughs> and I, I'm just, I, I'm so pretty. But his contract expires at the end of the month, and he's talking to both WWF and WCW. Uh, flash forward, he re-signs with WCW, and he'd have some bangers after bangers in 1995. Weird to say. Every one of them was uh, the curtain shirker. Say what? Every one of them was a curtain jerk. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, what a way of, what a way to open a show. And uh, people might, you know, it, it's like we talked about, I think it was last week, where, you know, people talk about, all, you know, the metrosexual gimmicks and whatever. It's like, oh, they look goofy, whatever, and it's it's a silly gimmick. Yeah, but they can freaking go, man. Like, Johnny so I'm wonder if, like, goof- if, if in the future we see something like that, we should just expect them to be aggressive now. <laughs> yeah, right. Pretty much. And yeah, Johnny B. Bad was a goofy gimmick, whatever. I get why people might not like it. But at the end of the day, he could F and go, and he had some damn good matches. So I don't know. If you know anything, it was more of a take on Little Richard. Right. Whether you like him or not, was hot as wildfire back then. Yeah, exactly. And and Little Richard himself was a bit, you know, like, uh, I I don't know, a little more girly, whatever, kind of with some of the stuff he liked. But nobody really thought about it back then. They were just like, yeah, whatever. He's, you know, an odd dude. But that was his hook, man. And uh, like you Go said, Billion Records. Richard is... Yep. I get why people think what they think about him. One of his biggest hits was called Tootie Fruity. 
<laughs> and that was the name of uh, I, I get uh, I trying to be bad. Thought he was thought he was like gay or something. I get it. But. Right. That was all a gimmick. I think I think he was straight as an arrow. Not that there's anything wrong with anything else. I'm just saying. That was uh that was a hook back then. It was it was not a Liberace thing where it's like, oh no, I swear I'm straight. I swear it. And then it comes out after he's dead. It's like, uh no, it was what everybody thought. It's like you weren't fooling anybody, dude. Do you remember the episode of King of the Hill? I think somebody asked Hank if he was gay, and he's like, No, no, I sell propane. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love that line. I'm not gay, I sell propane. <laughs> oh man. I know, I freaking love that. Uh speaking of uh super southern guys here, uh that were definitely well, his take on uh, homosexuals was uh, was a, a big thing. Bill Watts's final severance check from oh, WCW God. is supposed to come this week, at which time expect him to interview to do an interview slash tirade slash rant about everything somewhere. Uncle Dave says, "I don't know if he does. I didn't keep up with him. I know he went. There to was the no WWF. YouTube back then, and no Sean. What the hell is his last name? You know, does national podcast? Yeah, Sean. None of that was a thing back then. I mean, I'm sure he was alive back then, but." There was on YouTube and a show, so I don't know where he would have done this. Yeah, right. If anybody doesn't know who Sean Oliver is, like if you haven't seen it, the Kayfabe commentary stuff, he does. Uh, he's the co-host of the Click This, or, yeah, Click This podcast with Kevin Ash. He's the he's the Conrad Thompson of that podcast. Better than Tom, uh, Conrad Thompson because he's not a fanboy. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know he went to. I know Bill Watts went to the WWF right after this and. Uh, all that crap. Yeah, he so. was going to run it, right? If this went to jail, or was one of them that was going to help run it? Is what? Wasn't he one of the guys that was going to help run it if Vince went to jail? Uh, no. That was, I think he was... He didn't last very long. They said he was gone fairly quickly, and then they brought in Jerry Jarrett, who was supposed to... Uh, huh, well, you know, he was supposed to help run... Allegedly. Allegedly! Help run the company if, <laughs> if Vince went to the pokey. Well, they didn't know they had a lawyer god on their hand, to be fair. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, Well, Bill Watts, I guess, came in. He didn't last very long. He just didn't didn't mesh with Vince. Because the thing is, Bill Watts always wanted to be the guy in charge. And he should have known because I guess he was quoted. He said something to the Jims, Ross and uh, Cornette. He's like, well, there's only one Titan in Titan Towers, and I ain't it, so I'm out of here. And it's like, how did you not the hell know did this? you think? Yeah, it's like, did you think you were going to come in and just wreck shop, dude? <laughs> like, come on. Like, he's dumber than I thought. Whatever. It, it's just effing. Just a stupid mentality. And then, according to Jim Cornette, like a, a real mature man. Well, first Cornette's still president, lab- by the way, so if he's saying this, it's probably true. Right. And this is, uh, you know, the first part, whatever. I guess he... he his his notice was he packed up and, and moved out in the middle of the night and just went back home to Oklahoma. Oh, how that's uh, more cool to him. Yeah, right. Uh, that's sounds like a, a wife leaving her husband, when, you know, like when he's at work or something. It's like, just pack up the crap. And it's like, good Lord. Like, what do you think Vince yeah, is going to fake you? Yeah, your wife would do that when the guy's a piece of crap and beating on her or something. Not when he just gave her a damn job. Right. And an apartment. Uh, but like a real adult man, according to Cornette, uh, Bill Watts, like dropped a turd in the corner of the apartment right before he, right before he took off. So yeah, so, maybe you thought Vince was uh, gay or black. <laughs> oh my god! Holy cow! 
Well, apparently he was. I, I talked with you about that before. Apparently he came up with the name for Tony Norris. He wanted to call him Buck Johnson. And they were like, well, we'll go with Johnson, but we're not keeping Buck. So they named him Ahmed. Buck. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like, like the whitest effing name you could think of. I know, right? Like Buck Johnson. Okay. They have called him Uncle Buck Johnson. <laughs> Good lord. Well, that was a great movie. Yeah, and he pulls into the arena, his car's back. Fantastic. There. Oh, yeah, well, my all-time favorite comedy, too. It might be... I'd have to really think about it, but it might be my favorite uh, John Candy movie. Oh, Either that or might for me. Yeah. It, goes, it might be... That, Planes, Trains, Automobiles, and Great Outdoors. Those are the three. Yeah, okay. Yeah, those, those would be my three as well. But last couple stories here. There's been talks of doing a reunion. Uh, there's been talks of doing a reunion for the original Four Horsemen. Uh, Rick Flair, Arn Anderson, Ollie Anderson, and Tully Blanchard at Slamboree. Tully Blanchard has been working as a preacher since... <laughs> right. Uh, Tully Blanchard has been working as a preacher since retiring from wrestling three years ago, and it's way too premature to say that he'll actually be coming back. Yeah, because the horsemen were portrayed as people that play for the other side. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Yeah, right. I think if he's on TV flaunting how much money he has, whatever, his congregation might have some questions. <laughs> That's a huge, uh, what's that, what are those, uh, violation of the commandments, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, his congregation would probably be like, so, what are you doing with our offering money? <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it full circle back to the offering plate, but, you know, there you go. Uh, but Tilly Blanchard was not done with wrestling, by the way. You know, you want to talk about, well, you know, being for the other side in that situation. Uh, you remember a few weeks ago we had, uh, or it was our uh, re- retrospect of uh, ECW '95. He wrestled in 1995 for ECW. He took on Shane Douglas a few times. He wrestled last year for AEW. Yeah, it's just wow. Uh, whatever. It just it's it's kind of funny. Fair, it's like, to be fair, though, the last last year was a, a, a meaningless six man tag, and he barely did anything. So yeah, ECW right. actually had a full match. So. Right. Uh, the last story we got here, the set for Ric Flair's Flair for the Gold interview segment apparently costs $35,000. All right, let me stop you there. I've always wondered something. I don't think you know right off the top of your head. When they say that stuff, does it mean like each time or that's just how much it costs? Uh, I think it just means like in general, like the cost Because of I the often wonder that about Glacier's entrance. Remember Bischoff said it was like $100,000? A pop? Or did he not clarify? I, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. I, I don't know. He said Glacier's entrance was $100,000. like, every night? Or is that what they spent on all the equipment, like the ice machine and all that stuff? Right, yeah. Well, this, this, they're just talking about the set. So you only have, that's a one-time purchase. So, I don't know how much it costs to uh, transport the damn thing, but, you know, I'm I'm assuming that's... You throw in a truck at the ring, I don't think that's a problem. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, they said they used to do that same stuff with, um... Uh, like stuff like a, a random one here that I can think of is uh, William Regal's brass knuckles. He said he used to he couldn't transport them through airports because uh, he kept yeah, getting right. stopped. So he said he he started throwing them in the ring truck, and they would just be like in the corner somewhere, and he knew where they were. He'd go grab them before showtime, and there you go. It was a lot easier than having them on his person. And then it makes me uh, wonder how much Ding Dong Hello cost WWE. Oh right, yeah, especially since uh, Toxic Attraction <laughs> busted the damn door the other week. <laughs> Like, yeah, there's another another door for you. Although I don't think, you know, if you're going to get a, 
just a generic like plain door. I don't think it costs that much. But let me on that real quick. A little off topic, but I was listening to Major Pod this week. Okay, and Brian Myers is redoing his whole house. Okay, like when I say redoing, like construction, getting a bunch of stuff done. Yeah, and um, and you know he has his his wrestling schools like pretty close to his house. And I guess yeah. they used a door at the last Creator Pro show, and it broke. And he said, that is my legit shoot door for my toy room. <laughs> now, that's for oh, wow. dude. <laughs> what was it that broke? A do- huh? A door. Oh, a door. Oh, what the- An actual door. Someone went through the door. And he said it was the, the door was like from his toy room at his house. Because wow. they like to say, they're redoing the house. So it took, probably took all the doors off, too. I just thought that's that was awesome. funny. I'm like, wow, you're going to get rid of some stuff. That's a way to use it. Hell yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> uh, well, I used to, I mean, I, I watched some of the resourcefulness at a, the indie promotion I used to do camera for. And it's like some of the things people just like bring in. Like, oh, I found this. So, you know, we can use it. Like, <laughs> whatever, man. <laughs> I, I think the, the bell they had was like a, a cowbell that they found. They just like hit the cowbell because that's all they freaking had. Explore like, the space. Yeah. That's like. Whatever, you know, you work with what you got. But anyway, that does it for the uh, the news and notes. I think it's time to hit our next break. When we come back, we're actually diving into WrestleMania 9 right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Hey, gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also, check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the BellyUpSports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back 
We're back! It's WrestleMania 9 time. I just had an epiphany, something I never really realized. What's that? Uh, Vince McMahon wasn't on this show. And I'm like, duh. Now I get it. <laughs> what? What, he's, what going through, he's going through all this legal stuff. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I can almost guarantee he was there, but I don't know yeah, if, yeah, if he was on there. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, yeah, well, his voice was on the show at one point. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and we'll get to that. But this took place April 4th, 1993. The tagline was The World's Largest Toga Party. Yeah. Uh, the venue was Caesar's Palace. You can't say La- that unless the entire crowd was in the togas, and they weren't. So. Yeah, right. But the venue was Caesar's Palace in the Las Vegas suburb of Paradise, Nevada. Apparently, that's where, like, all the arenas are is in Paradise, there's Nevada. A, there's a little statistic that you've never actually been in Las Vegas once you've been on the Strip. Right, yeah. Kind of weird. There's I can say I've been in Las Vegas and Paradise. Because <laughs> there's a picture I have. I'll see if I can find it so you can post it with this. It's not the full arena, but it's the top of it because we were we were at the um, Caesar's Palace Casino yeah. when I went to SummerSlam, and I took a picture. You can see the yellow, like the castle portions of the top of this. I took a picture. Mm-hmm. You can see it within. We couldn't go in though; it was closed. We tried. Like there was a door that said uh, uh, Caesar's Palace uh, Arena. We tried to go in; it was locked. We couldn't go in. I even begged the security. I'm like, huh. I'm just going to take a picture. It's all I want. And he wouldn't let me. Of course, I, tr- I tried. That sucks. <laughs> Like, I, hey, man, I'll do anything, man. Just turn around, and I will drop trow, and I will get in there, man. Whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I will say this. I hated this WrestleMania for the most part, but it was one of the coolest-looking WrestleManias, in my oh, opinion. Oh, hell yeah. Every time they put it in one of the WWE video games, I geeked for it. Right. Yeah, I, I love the look. The look, bro. But... The attendance for this one was 16,891. So I don't know if that was a sellout, but probably pretty damn close. One thing I uh, noticed, too, looking at the crowd. I mean, you're, you're not going to care about this, nor, and you shouldn't, but I forgot how hot my Oakland A's were back then. If you go back and look, so many people were in A's hats and shirts. Like back oh, then, yeah. we, were like the, we were like the damn Bulls. We had someone, everyone liked someone on that team. <laughs> right. Like, I'm just watching. I'm like, damn, there's a lot of Ace fans here. Hey, please don't let this be an Omen for 2023, please. For God's sakes. You know, they're <laughs> still trying to steal them away from us. Vegas is. Oh, yeah. man. Yep. Well, this, uh, I, I, I did want to mention the pay-per-view buy rate for this was a 2.0, which amounted to 430,000 buys. If you're looking through, and this is like kind of in the weeds, nerdy statistic kind of stuff. But if you're looking at the buy rate for, like, this WrestleMania as opposed to, like, WrestleMania, I'll say, 5, like, it's going to be different. Because, like you and I have mentioned on the show before, not as many people had pay-per-view options. So, like, this this statistic is kind of based on, like, that number is based on how many people can actually get it. Like, TV ratings. Like, if, if a million people can get it and a million people are watching, then, you know, that's a huge rating. But if, uh, but if 5 million people can get it and only 1 million people are watching, it's going to be a smaller rating. Same amount of people, but, you know, a smaller percentage. So I know I'm getting kind of nerdy with it, but just if anybody looks at the buy rates for WrestleMania, that, that's why. It's not less people are ordering. It's just more people have the option to get pay-per-view, but not as, you know, you get it. Yeah, it's sort <sighs> of like what I say for wrestling nowadays. And everyone looks at the Nielsen ratings. So like, I still believe more people than you think are watching it. Yeah. Right. 
playback on uh, YouTube or nefarious sites. You know, right. And I watch. I mean, I have Peacock. I I pay for Peacock. I have Peacock without ads, by the way, which is awesome. I'm gonna um, have to pay for it soon. Too pissing me off. <laughs> but uh, I've I've Peacock, so I I get it in the fair legal manner here. But uh, you know, there are other people that are not paying for Peacock. That are if if you think. Just like Dana White keeps making those those freaking threats about streaming sites, whatever. Dude, you're never going to catch them all. You're never going to take them all down. It's it's a reality that you just have to suck it up, man. Like, I mean, sure, I'm not saying don't try because, uh, you know, it's still like it, it hurts your business. I get it. But on the flip side, most of those people watching the stream, if you take that away, they're just not going to watch it, period. They're not going to pay for it. Like the only reason they're watching it is because it's free. Yeah, I go to UFC. I go to theaters to watch UFC. I'm not paying ninety dollars for the damn pay per view. Outrageous. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Go to hell. hell. Who the hell has that kind of money? Especially in today's economy. Good lord. Ten bucks hey. with my movie club account for, at Cinemark. Yeah. Good. Right. There you go. <laughs> but we start the show with uh, Vince McMahon yelling at us and welcoming us to the uh, and welcoming us to the show. He then sends us to a Gorilla Monsoon. Who introduces the newest member of the WWF broadcast team, Jim Ross? Hey, hello, Oklahoma. man! He will tell you. Yeah, right. <laughs> More on that uh, when we get to a match later. Yeah, <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, Ross runs down the card uh, for a minute before an elephant carrying quote Cleopatra and Julius Caesar walks to the ring. Uh, I'm. These are the I exact like, same two. They're at the World Rumble too, by the way. I thought that was some nice continuity. Wasn't just they two were. new people. So these are the exact same two people being Cleopatra and Caesar at the Royal Rumble earlier in the year. I thought that was nice continuity. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I was gonna do like the the stating the obvious statement, but I stopped myself where it's like this is clearly not Cleopatra and Julius Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't say. But uh, the anyway, Caesar uh, Tennis Mini Nine. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, uh, like this is his house, right? That's where he lives. This is. Caesar's Palace. So we should be here, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's Caesar's <laughs> Palace, so he can just get in for free. Did you know, by the way, that people say, like, like the people that work the front desk there still get that, that question this day? This freaking what? hangover to that to them? People come check in. Does the real Caesar live here? Wow. <laughs> I would so do it just to be a smart ass. But then when I heard that, I'm like, I'm not doing it because everyone's overdone it. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I was going and asking, hey, where's your bank of payphones? Uh, you know, right. well, payphone bank, where's that at? <laughs> they probably have the same reaction as like people working in retail where they walk up and they're like, oh, it doesn't scan. It must be free. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're the 50th person to say that today. Get the F out of my store. Hey, you know what? I use those jokes on my buddy's kid and he loses it laughing. So, you know, right. you got to find the right audience. That's all. Macho Man Randy Savage is now carried to the ring on a platform bed and he joins Jim Ross at the commentary table. Body the Brain they Heenan. They buy the best little versions, by the way, with them. <laughs> Bobby the Brain Heenan comes to the ring now, riding backwards on a camel. Bobby falls at one point, and we get an eyeful of underpants. He joins Jim Ross and yeah, uh, Randy. Yeah, accentuates it, if you remember. He yeah, right, he, the... like, points at it. He's like, hey, look. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I rather I didn't look. But he joins Jim Ross and, and uh, Randy Savage now. And now we get into our first match of the night. It is Shawn Michaels with Luna Vachon in his corner, defending the WWF Intercontinental title 
against Tatanka. Or excuse uh, me. Spoiler alert, arguably the best match of the night. Right. Uh, but it's, I, I gotta correct myself, Greg. It's the Native American Tatanka. Yeah, we don't want to con- confuse him with the uh, the Russian Tatanka. Yeah, exactly. Chinese Tatanka. The, the Portuguese Tatanka. The Portuguese yeah. man of war Tatanka. <laughs> Uh, but he's got uh, sensational Sherry in his corner, and this goes about uh, a little over 18 minutes. So, first of all, I want to say, I have a Jax figure of this very Sean right here. I just got that Sean from Target. Nice. Cool. And I actually, actually have the Recite exclusive one on my wall still. Never even been opened. Apparently, it's worth a lot of money. I think I'm going to pop it. I don't awesome. need it now. Right. Well, I also Sherry have this not- to talk about, by the way, too. Oh, cool. Uh, Sherry is not technically with Tatanka, but she's there kind of against Shawn Michaels since he kicked her to the curb for Luna. Uh, at one point, Tatanka is... Well, kind of, but he, it more started when, I think we already talked about this, like, did she legit get glass in her eye from that mirror? That's when that's when they broke up. Marty saw yeah. the mirror. Yeah, it's, right. the, it's in the archives somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, I can't remember which show, but that is correct. I mean, you're not wrong. He kind of did kick her to the curb by using her as a damn human shield. <laughs> right. Well, at one point, uh, Tatanka is hitting diving moves off of various turnbuckles, and once he gets caught by Sean hitting a super kick. That was not Sean's finisher, though, so it was just because a it wasn't a super move. kick. They call it a crescent kick. Yeah, and Macho Man is like, "Oh, look at that crescent kick! Oh, thing of beauty!" Like, okay. Imagine but, Steve Carino yelling, "Crescent kick!" <laughs> oh my gosh! He's <laughs> <laughs> dawned on me. Yeah, right. Well, this uh, this wasn't the finisher, obviously. In the end, Shawn Neither Michaels... Neither was the locker dropper you used earlier. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. But Shawn Michaels is out of the ring, and the ref is about to count him out, and Shawn pulls the ref out of the ring, comes <sighs> back in, Tatanka hits the end of the trail on Shawn, but the ref declares Shawn lost via countout, therefore, he keeps the title. Yeah. Even though we never saw him counting, mind you. Yeah, right. I, I know, that's why I had to rewind it. I'm like, the hell did I miss? I'm watching with uh with my friend, mutual friend. He's like, when the hell did he count him out? I'm like, I don't know. Why didn't he just say disqualification? I know. Effing stupid. But Uncle Dave gave this three and a half. I gave it an even three. What say you? I gave it three. Best match of the night. One of them. There's another one coming up. Uh, <sighs> yeah. True or not, but I heard some people say that uh, Stanka was supposed to win and Shawn Michaels bit about it and wouldn't do it. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't go I off rumor and innuendo. I mean, I mean, that tracks. So... I, I heard Bruce Fisher say it, but then Fisher said he wasn't even there at the time. So, I mean, how do you know? Wasn't even there. <laughs> what, was, what was he actually brought back? Because I know he's fired in 92. I don't remember. I don't remember. I know SummerSlam 92, he said he wasn't there. Right. So, uh, this is 93, yeah. so I don't know. He might have been brought back right around this time? I don't know. I think it was close to this time. If he, He's not back yet. I'm pretty he's, sure he's... they bring back the Brother Love Show 94, so it's pretty soon. <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay. But uh, after the match, a little of a Sean attacks Sensational Sherry and beats the tar out of her. Tatanka goes... And to, also, uh, I just want to say, in my binge-watching Bull Superstars, this match, this, this thing never comes to a head. They're supposed to have a match, and then there's a jump start, it never starts, and then it just is blown off, it never happens. That's this weird, because... It goes nowhere. That's so weird, because Sherry's a legit wrestler. So, so it's not like she... Yeah, right. So I was like, why did they not, like, just lock him up? He's just completely Let's, blown off. Like, doesn't even matter. Yeah, right. Weird. 
But, uh, either way, while she's beating up Luna, Tatanka goes to, to help, and Luna takes off to the back. Tatanka now picks up Sherry, and <laughs> Sherry and walks her to the back. We're now seen backstage with where we join Mean Gene Okerlund, who calls in the Steiner Brothers, who will face the Head Shrinkers tonight. Is this a good time? Oh, God, you already got it in. I, I, I'm not. Go Blue. In, uh, well, in Ohio here, we, we never... If we're spelling out that word uh, for the name of that state, we never actually spell it out. We put an X in there, like it's a swear word. We never actually say it. Or if so. you're like, you know, if you're like one of our mutual friends, he puts a B instead of a M. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, out out here in Ohio, it's uh that we we cancel out the M with a with an X. So, but either way, uh, Scott says that this may be their first WrestleMania, but they're gonna make it memorable. Oh <coughs> says. Yeah. Uh, Rick says that they're going to do Julius Caesar proud, which is an awfully interesting statement. Right. Like, uh, like, are, are you really looking up to Julius Caesar? Like, I get you're in Caesar's palace, but it's like... This is the guy who used to paint a face on his hand and talk to it. Okay? What are, I, what are you questioning? I know, but it's like he has a degree in, like, education or whatever. Like, he's a legit teacher. It, apparently not in history. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, can you Not imagine English Rick Steiner? I'm going to go ahead and say math. I'm just gonna... <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, can you imagine him teaching English? All right, class, spell different. Like, and then, like, one kid raises his hand. Uh, yeah, what the f*** did you just say? It sounds like, uh, uh, I don't want to be funny about this because there's nothing funny about it, but it sounds like Timmy on South Park. Oh, <laughs> Timmy! Well, he's not actually special, so I guess... Uh, or... God, uh, Scott Steiner though, like you could tell, like he just sucked at promos, dude. He looks so he looks so uncomfortable. Okay, I'm sorry, but they both sucked at promos. Oh well, yeah, of course, but like, like Scott, w- his, his, Scott's promos are like a kind of like what when the, on Cornet's podcast when they, it was an AEW segment, they go, "This is so bad, it's great." <laughs> and that's how Scott Steiner's promos are. The math, the math one, and. Uh, those other famous ones too, but it's just well, so bad that it's great. The cross your cross your eyes and dot your T's. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, I well, I'll say this: when he became uh, Big Papa Pump, his promos were still bad, but he seemed like he had more confidence, and they were like, like you said, they were so bad they were funny. And he had some decent promos because he like let loose and he was doing the heel thing the entire time he was with the Steiner Brothers. He looked so uncomfortable. In front of a camera. Maybe because like, he was hearing his brother speak. God, yeah. Well, it's like, even this one, he, well, maybe he was gearing up for it. He's like, oh, God, Rick's going to speak after me. <laughs> but anyway, we get into Ironically, this Ironically, Rick's son can cut a really good promo. Rick has, like, a combo voice of, like, his dad and his uncle. I've noticed. Where it's like, he I does. could hear, I could hear, I could hear Braun, like, just being like, uh, Braun Breaker's your hookup. Holler if you hear me. Dude, when he mocked the Steiner math promo, dude, he nailed it. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Cadence I, I and all. He, I feel like he looks more like his uncle than his dad. Like, I'll, I'll a little say this, bit. When got, you see him next to one another, you can see it. Oh, well, yeah. He's, he's definitely a Steiner, though. Like, that's, that's for damn sure. Oh, see, they but, go to Michigan. Yeah. But this next match is the head shrinkers of Fatu and Samu 
taken or with uh, Sika in their corner, by the way. Getting those figures when they come to target scene. This was Sika, right? No. In his corner. It was Alpha? I think I'm pretty sure it was Alpha, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then uh, I stand corrected. Me, right? Uh, Well, yeah, but not for that. Wow. But yeah, I stand corrected because I was going to say Sika, who is the father of uh, uh, the current reigning, defending, undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion of the World, or whatever the hell. That, that whole title. You're winning saying it. Yeah, right. But they're taking on the Steiner Brothers. Rick and Scott Steiner it took, it was uh, almost 14 and a half minutes here for this one. And this is what I was talking about earlier. I said, man, as much as I love the school, man, Jim Ross, make sure you know, if you don't know, they went to Michigan. Yeah, you right. That? A- this is like 50 times in this match. Yeah. Okay, well, guys, what the Michigan do? Damn. Yeah, you mean the guys that come out in the in the Michigan Letterman jackets, come out to the Michigan fight song, <laughs> their Tron is the Michigan M. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're from Michigan. I like, never would have yeah. said together. <laughs> uh, oh, anyway. what a great move by Scott Steiner, young man out of Michigan, two time All American. <laughs> During the match, we're informed that Jim, uh, by Jim Ross that Sensational Sherry got attacked at the first aid station backstage, so they're keeping this going. Uh, after a halfway decent match, Scott hits a Frankensteiner sort of on Samu and pins him to win. And did you notice throughout the match, he popped for the Steiner line like Don West with the Pele? Yeah, right. I was like, <laughs> there you go, Steiner line! And I'm like, good lord. Steiner line, Scott Steiner out of Michigan University. This was perfect for Jim Ross to call this match, though, because he was so used to calling their stuff. Uh, when you think about it, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I put that in my notes. I said, it's funny that you could have seen this match in WCW about two years ago. Like, I think this was an ongoing feud, actually. So, But Uncle Dave gave this two and a half stars. I give it two. It, I don't know. It just didn't click for me. What say you? I, I gave it two. I thought it was really good. It was, yeah, it was all right. Weren't, weren't they the Samoan like how... team? I, yeah, yeah, they were. That's. Yeah, that's what I, I think those are the figures coming out in the chase version. I'm getting them both though. I got to get four now or two of each. I wanted uh, to get the Wild Samoans, uh, but I I never did get those figures. I got I regret it now. Yeah, they looked awesome. But... Um, did you uh, did you have noticed that they were kind of like doing the old wrestling cliche? Oh, you're really gonna bang two Samoans heads together? That's not gonna work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forget how far that goes back. One of the real, yeah. one of the rules of pro wrestling can't hurt a small oh, yeah. head, but well, wet culture put up a video of like the top ten wrestling tropes, and one of them was that Samoans all have hard heads, and that uh, another one is that everything metal is made out of solid steel. <laughs> so, like the trash cans that like a newborn baby could bend. Yeah, right. Well, the like the the uh, the ring steps. Like people pointed out, they're like, if those big ass ring steps were actually made out of steel, those even those big ass dudes could not pick them up over their head. Oh, the way Brock Lesnar yeah. does it's crazy. That might be yeah, a bad right. example, though. Well, they're like, well, they pick them up and chuck them and stuff like that. They're like, there's no if that if that was real steel, there's no damn way that could happen. But you know, we like to, it's it, it's fun. It's a fun wrestling trope. But. We now go back with me, Gene Okerlin, and Doink the Clown, the statue of Julius Caesar behind Again, them. Again, another Doink. unnecessary name. Like the Native American song, Doink the Clown. Oh, I always got confused with, like, you know, Doink the Cop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say yes to that, however. That, that seems to be like, like party clowns. 
like they all call themselves like uh, like Doofus the Clown or whatever the f. So it's like they all have a stupid ass name. I think it was an old line from Seinfeld. He said, "Like do we like Bozo the Clown? Do we really need the clown? It's like, are you going to confuse him with Bozo the Cop or Bozo the District Attorney?" <laughs> <laughs> That last one, yes. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, I don't know if you meant to say that, but yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, the statue of uh, Julius Caesar behind them has Doink's face paint and green wig on it. Yeah, and, uh, and Mean Gene is pissed about it. He caught that. Oh, yeah, right. How, how dare you desecrate this? Yeah, how <laughs> dare you desecrate the good goddamn name of Julius F. and Caesar? This is worse than he got than when he got stabbed in the back multiple times. Thank God. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, oh, you know what's funny is that a guy named Brutus was on the show. But anyway, yeah, right. I digress. <laughs> we'll uh, get there. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, Oakland points out that Doink seems to be enjoy uh, seems to enjoy causing pain and discomfort to others. Oakland says that Crush is out for revenge, and Doink says that revenge would be sweet, but tonight Crush may be having double vision. So when he Which, said that, in hindsight, you know, now now I get it. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, when, well, when he dropped that line, I was like, oh, okay, I know which match this is now. But this one is you know, it's funny, by the way, uh, having watched, like I said, binge-watched most superstars. This match arguably is the most built-up match on this entire card. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, it, it was going for a while. Right. Like, it put Crush out for a while, he came back, never got his revenge. It's just kind of funny. This, growing up, this was the the crush that I knew this look here with the blonde mullet and the, the neon colored singlet because yeah, that's this, the one I want to tell figure of so bad. Right. I, I like that crush. It was baby face crush. And he, this was the one in, um, the Royal rumble video game. You remember that for SNES? Do I remember that? You're cute. <laughs> I, I still have it, but Oh, hell yeah. Dude. I wish, I wish we could get that on the switch. That'd be awesome. I know. Should we get all wrestling? All one of those old wrestling games. Yeah, right. But anyway, yeah. So this match is Crush versus Doink the Clown. It goes about eight and a half minutes. We get a jump start as Crush chases Doink around ringside and beats him up. The ref gets bumped at one point and Doink crawls under the ring. Doink comes back out and Crush gets him in the head crush. Meanwhile, a vice. second doink. Head, uh, oh, is that what it's called? Well, he was called a head vice, yeah. Oh, okay. Stupid. Uh, I thought I thought it was head crush because he's crush, but or head crusher or something. But anyway, uh, meanwhile, a second doink comes out with a cast that he used on Crush earlier in the month, and he blasts Crush with it again. Uh, crush back. And this doink. time he does not put him on the shelf for three months. Hmm, weird. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, well, this time, Crush no-sells it, and he backs Doink down into the corner, and the first Doink attacks him. Uh, they well, don't like Roddy crush. Piper. Instead of shock group, we had, like, cast-proof on there. <laughs> well, they, uh, they double-team uh, Crush for a bit, and then they hit him in the head with the cast, and then they do a two-man mirror routine, and then the referee finally wakes up to see Doink cover Crush for the victory, and me and Uncle Dave were, were right Ironically, in line on this one. Ironically, I think that, that mirror thing was a Harpo Marx thing. Oh, yeah, probably. Harpo. You might not even understand that reference, I don't think. <laughs> I know who Harpo Marx is, but no, that's, nah. that's, that's what Jim Cornette calls Kenny Omega, Harpo. Oh, God. <laughs> I forgot about that. 
Yeah, because it was stupid facial expressions. Yeah. Uh, but Uncle Dave and I were right in line on this one. We both gave it a star and a half. Let's see you. I bumped it up a little bit. I gave it two. It was fun. Yeah, dumb, but fun. Well, uh, but I, all, well, all, basically, but Heeldoys for sure were always dumb. But man, yeah. I, think I, mentioned, I think I mentioned this prior before, man. If you go back and watch the old stuff with Doink on there, they clearly had huge plans with this guy. He was, all, he was all over every show, wrestling all the top guys. I don't know where it fell off, but... And I mean no disrespect to the guy, but when they put him in there at Bam Bam Bigelow, that's when it started fizzling out. Yeah. Nowhere. But, like, they clearly were going somewhere with him. Like, if you watch old stuff, if you watch old stuff and watch how they were building things, the three top guys you would think they were going with were Doink, Adam Baum, and, uh, what's that, that, I think it was from Ukraine, uh, Ludwig Borga. Oh, yeah, the, the, nah, it wasn't Ukraine, what the hell? German or something, I don't even remember now. Oh. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Finland, that's it. Um, Yeah, uh, it's correct. (laughs) But yeah, those are the three top guys on TV every damn week. And you go back and look, like, why, why didn't they do anything with any of them? And Ludwig's just gone, Adam Baum turns into a face and doesn't do anything, and Don't Challenge just fizzles out. Well, I guess they wanted to push Crush, but nobody gave a damn, apparently, so they stopped pushing him. And then, well, they turned him into a Japanese sympathizer, which, yeah. which in and hindsight, then, it's not as dumb as I thought it was. I mean, why would the American guy be the, the Japanese sympathizer? But then I'm like, he was from Hawaii, and they have a huge Japanese population there. So... Well, they also got bombed by the Japanese back in, like, you know, to get us into World War II. So, like, that probably hurt some people. Yeah, I know. <sighs> we pieced that together. Yeah. And keep in mind, the only Japanese guy in this whole group was the manager. Just point that out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, referee Bill Alfonso now runs out to the ring to tell the first referee what happened. They look under the ring for the other doink, but he's gone. They <laughs> both get confused and then go to the back. To the back. And now... We get one of the most useless segments of the night. It's Todd Pettengill talking to people. He's in the crowd. I want to just point out my, my notes here. Do you realize how like ahead of his time Todd Pettengill was? Uh, with what? Just the way he hypes stuff. Like oh, I love yeah. Sean Moody. He's like him and Gene Okerlund like my guys when I was a kid. They're great. But like yeah. they didn't bring the excitement and energy like this guy did. He could right. sell you on an event like nobody else. Well, and I think it's because he's a radio DJ. So he kind of he literally had to use his voice, and that was it, to type everything up. And they, he, uh, I think Pritchard said that's why they hired him, because they heard what he did on the radio, and they're like, well, we want that for our shows. And it paid off. I think he went back into radio, so I, I think that's what he's doing now. But, I was listening to, a, I was listening to a, a Cornette podcast, and he was talking about him. And I don't really? know if it's true or not, but um, he, first of all, he calls him Todd Pettenzoo. Good Lord. <laughs> and I guess he would make complaints to the office because... Uh, Sonny was like sexually coming on to him. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> he said it was unprofessional and all that. And I, I just found that story to be funny. I'm like, really, him? I mean, he's not wrong. But would you? Are complain we talking in the about office Bullseye King, was... by the way? Yeah, right. It's like, would you complain if she was coming on to you? Like, come on now. I mean, unless he was like married, like happily married or something like that. I could understand like that I getting annoying. But... It, I think that's what it was. But okay, well that that I can totally understand. It's like, dude, I told you back the f off, man. But, oh, good lord. Either way, but he's in the crowd, and he talks to some... This segment would not go over today. I'll just yeah, say right. that. That's <laughs> another, another one of them. Uh, 1993 well, is not 2023. 
He talks to the Japanese. Say what? So 1993 is not yeah, 2023. Oh. Exactly. Japanese photographers, they thought of the joint situation. Oh, yeah. Well, what do you think about Yokozuna? They're, oh, Yokozuna. And he's like, yeah, yeah, Yokozuna. All right. Anyway, back to you guys. What a waste of time, man. <laughs> uh, spe- speaking of waste of time, up next, it's Razor Ramon versus Bob Backlund. Goes three minutes, 45 there are seconds. Two matches on this car with two guys that I, I are two of my absolute favorites. And both of them, like, oh my God, this was the drizzling craps. This is one of them. <laughs> yep. Well, if you know the other I one, can, you should. <laughs> well, I forgive this one for being short because, well, one, nobody, nobody in their right mind wanted to see this crap. But also, Razor, like I mentioned earlier, Razor was hurt. He had a staph infection in his knee. So this probably sucked just to get through. But I can totally see not wanting to lose out on a WrestleMania payday. But the fact that Bob Backlund hey, is here in 19... 19- match with Bob Backlund, didn't Hell yeah. The fact that Bob Backlund is here in 1993 is just blowing my freaking mind. And I love how they how Jim Ross makes a point to say, this is his WrestleMania debut. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds so funny to me. <laughs> yeah, right. Like the guy and that no- had the title for like, what, five years or whatever it was? Yep, something like that. Well, no one gives a damn about Bob Backlund, and they chant for Razor, who is the heel. Now, part of me is thinking that's because he had no music. There's nothing to react to. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know, but like it's a small enough arena they can see, and then they make the announcement, and everybody's just kind of like, ah. But Razor comes out, and they blow their. Also, mind, keep you in know? mind, Razor Ramon's about to turn face too. This is probably what the catalyst was. Oh yeah, people people loved him, dude. He was cool. That's the same reason the NWO got over. He was cool. I always loved it when he said, something happens to this goal, something's going to happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, always, uh, it was always uh, I think it was Jack Doe, the referee, you notice. He was like the guy taking all this stuff, like the jackets and props and whatever. Yeah, I, know, I always liked it. There were a few times he'd like, he'd give them the, he'd give them the gold chains and they'd start to walk away and he'd yank them back and kind of smack them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always loved that. Uh, but... After a nothing, a nothing special match, Razor wins with a surprise small package, which was my nickname in high school. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's funny you told me all this stuff, by the way, because now, now I'm going to erase one of my notes here. Like, this is horrible. You have Razor's edge in it. It made no sense. Like, why wouldn't he use that move? Everyone loved it. Now I get it. Okay. Yep. <laughs> That's literally what's in uh, my notes. I can't believe it ended like this. Here comes the surprise small package. But Uncle Dave gave this a negative star. I gave it a star. What say you? I gave it one, but considering now I know he was hurt, I'll bump it up to two. It, yeah, it was a thing. It happened. Nobody gave a crap. Yeah. Well, Razor's about to go be a face. Bob Adams about to be a huge heel. <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, getting into something that people do give a damn about now, we go backstage with me and Gene Okerlund again. <laughs> Stay by with Teddy Biasi and the I, or, God, I did it again, and IRS. I almost called him the IRS. But well, to your he point, is he is, right, he is the only one in wrestling, but either way, uh, God. Let him in. Let him in. Ogerlin says that the tag titles might be in jeopardy tonight, and they show clips of Money, Inc. shattering the face of Brutus Beefcake with the golden briefcase. Uh, you know, wink, wink. That was a cool way that they did that, though, to explain it, other than the uh, parasailing accident. So I, I thought that was cool. Oh, no, no. They, no, they acknowledged that completely. They were just oh, trying to re-injure his face. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's even... That's still cool. 
But Ted says that the stakes are high and the money is higher tonight. They're in Las Vegas, their own backyard, so no one can beat them. IRS says that tonight they're going to rip off Beefcake's protective mask and beat his face to a bloody pulp. He then mentions that Hulk Hogan uh, got into a quote-unquote accident coming out of the gym, and you should see his face tonight. He says that's what money can do. Sure, we'll get into that. Oh, will we? There's, there's no clear explanation for it. In the hundred yeah. stories over the years. The only explanation that I keep hearing repeated is allegedly Randy Savage hauled off and socked him in the face. But again, no, nobody confirmed it. Macho Man's dead, so he can't confirm it. So, uh, I don't know. I feel like if he did, he would have confirmed it at some point. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, he wrote right. a damn lame ass rap song about him. Why would he confirm that? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, right. Yeah, he he literally wrote a song and it would be a man, Hogan. I think oh, he would have mentioned this at some point. Yeah, right. That's, that's so, what I'm hold, hold, hold up on. Yeah, you may be right there. Yeah, I have no clue. I have no clue. Hey, Nobody hey, really does. Proven otherwise, I'm going to go with IRS and Teddy He hired some guys to jump him outside the gym. Yeah, right. Uh, but this is Money Inc., Teddy DiBiase and IRS, defending the WWF World Tag Team titles against the Mega Maniacs, Hulk Hogan and Brutus, the uh, effing Barber Beefcake, with Jimmy Hart in their corner. This goes about 18 and a half minutes. And I know what you're thinking. Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake for 18 and a half minutes. Yes, please. It's not that bad, folks. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It, it really is not that bad. But... <laughs> Oh, man. There is a build-up this that you don't see on here. You, I would implore you to watch. I, I couldn't even tell you what, uh, what episode. It's on an old episode of Superstars. They're doing an interview in the back. They're all talking. Beefcake's standing there with his uh, face mask on, and Hogan has a briefcase, and does like a... I want to say a drive-by. It was more like a walk-by. He does like a walk-by, hit him in the face with the briefcase to prove how hard the mask is. It is the stupidest thing <laughs> I've ever seen. It is like ridiculously bad. Like I think I saw. He walks by and he hits him with a briefcase and walks by again hits him with it. <laughs> so stupid. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen that before. It's effing ridiculous. Ah, but the champions enter first, just like Sean did earlier, which everybody kind of knows how I feel about that. But regardless, Hogan and Beefcake enter through red and yellow smoke, which I thought was kind of cool. Dude, the crowd hits the freaking, well, if there was a roof, the babies would be hitting it for Hogan. And this is in 93, by the way, when people said his stock was dropping. And yeah, well, may... I, got more, I got more comments on that later in the show. <laughs> right. But we see that Hogan's got a black left eye, and it's all swelled up. Uh, we'll see more of it. Or, well, and it's in hindsight, it's not even that bad. They made it out to be like something really bad happened. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> well with, the, with the way they mentioned it, it was like, yeah. But if you notice, his entire left eye is black. Like I have that Daniels figure right this, now. this Hulk Hogan. They put that eye on the figure. On one of the heads. Wow. Wow. Nice. Uh, yeah, I have, I have this Hogan too, but without the, he's in uh, what he wears later on in the night. But yeah, no, like he's, he's got the eyebrow taped up. His, it's swelled up and black around his eye. His eye is black. Like it's pretty damn bad. I was like, holy cow, dude. I, I am kind of curious as to what the hell actually happened to him. But, it depends on who you want to believe. It's either the punch or he got hit in the eye when he was, uh... but this would be very ironic considering beefcakes in the match. He said he got hit in the eye with a ski. Or while skiing, he huh. hit something. Didn't I know he, it's not the exact same because he was parasailing, but close enough. Didn't he say, right? Didn't he say at one point, like uh, maybe he like fell in the shower or something? I, I don't even remember. I don't know. Yeah, there's a bazillion stories. But 
Funny Ink jumps Hogan to I Beefcake. I love Hogan, but he's not exactly Mr. You know, uh, by the book. No, it, no yeah, if, if Hogan says it, I, I'm most likely not going to believe it. Like, and yeah, I like Hulk Hogan too, but I seriously. I say the same thing about know. Bret Hart. Like, I feel like their stories just consistently change to make themselves sound good. I feel like Bret Hart, I don't say he, I, I wouldn't say his stories are untrue. He just says it from his slighted perspective. So I don't know. With, with Hogan, though, it's always like, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, every time he tells a story about Andre the Giant, it's like the details are almost completely different every single time. It's like, <sighs> all right. Three, he tore every muscle in his back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I'm sure he did damage, but good Lord. I'm also certain that he's not like being literal. People just take it literal. Yeah. But oh, uh, jumps. No. Good. Uh, Money Inc. jumps Hogan to Beefcake right away, but they get dumped outside of the ring while Real American keeps playing so that Hogan and Beefcake can pose, pal. Uh, and then uh, early on, DiBiase goes for a double axe handle on Beefcake and hurts his hand on the mask. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. By the way, in this match, they mentioned Ted DiBiase's headline WrestleMania before, and Macho Man kind of gives it like a wink wink answer. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> I forgot about that. I, I, yeah, I didn't. I think I, I heard that comment. I didn't think anything of it. It's like, oh god, yeah. Now that you mention it, but uh, anyway, Hogan got a major ovation for his entrance, his posing, and when he gets the tag. So he's still over, brother. The crowd is all in for the Hulkster. Funny Ink goes to leave at one point, and then the referee unilaterally decides that if they're counted out, they lose the titles. How can he do yeah. this? No damn clue. You know how, Greg? Because fuck you, that's why. <laughs> F me, right? Yeah, different powers as a ref in 1993, dude. But Money Inc. finally comes back into the ring. Beefcake ends up locking IRS in a sleeper hold, and DiBiase knocks them both into the referee, taking the ref I know ref a few out. people want to put an IRS in a sleeper hold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Hulk Hogan then takes Brutus's mask off and blasts both members of Money Inc. in, in the face. Uh... Jimmy Hart then turns his jacket inside out and he's wearing refereed stripes. So he counts the three for his team because, you know, now that's legal. <sighs> Good Lord. Referee Danny Davis. Yeah. Uh, referee Danny Davis now runs out to declare that Money Inc. are the winners via disqualification. Another stupid bait and switch finish with two referees. <laughs> Uncle Dave gave it dose stars. I give it two and a half for a Hogan and Beefcake match. It's average. What say you? I gave it two. Another. This was my major problem with the show. So many bull crap finishes. Yep. Like this is WrestleMania, and you're just like, I ah, a count out DQ bait. The Steiners had the only clean one so far, right? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, Doink had his goofy. I mean, the Steiners from the University of Michigan had the only clean one so far. Sorry. Yeah. You got You got it. Don't get that confused with uh, Michigan State University. <laughs> but after the match, the Mega Maniacs grab Danny Davis, and Jimmy Hart tells him not to hit him because Jimmy Hart wanted to be the one to grab Davis and throw him out of the ring himself. All right, let me pull a little Conradism out here. These are the baby faces, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, screw you for making us follow the rules. Get the F out of here. <laughs> like, good Lord. Uh, that asshole's ruined so much wrestling, old school wrestling viewing for me. Yeah, right. 
but the Mega Maniacs then posed for the fans before opening up the golden briefcase and throwing money into the crowd. I gotta point out something here, a nice little touch. Did you catch that all they had a, a bunch of ten forty forms in that briefcase? I, I did had 1040 forms in them. Wow, I, that I did was a not see that. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm assuming the money was uh I'm assuming the money was like for DiBiase for him to hold on to because like why would the IRS be carrying around stacks of cash? But uh but well, the um you can see Raw a couple weeks ago, uh, uh, Raw uh 30. IRS was on there and when Baron Corbin won a crap ton of money at a poker game, he shows up and says you owe taxes and took all the cash and shoved it in the briefcase. Good lord. So he does put money in that briefcase. So it only know. took it only took thirty years, people, but he got it back. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But in the crowd now, another one of these. Uh, Todd Pittengill talks to somebody named Natalie Cole. They they don't say who somebody she is. Named She's a singer. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, they don't say who she is, and uh, she was must have been before my time. Look, I, I don't... honestly, when I first saw her, I'm not gonna lie, I thought it was Gladys Knight. <laughs> wow. And yeah, no, I'm just saying that because they're both black. Okay, I really thought it was her. It looks just like her. It dares someone to go look at it and tell me it does not look like her. Well. I just, I didn't know who, I was like, it's probably a musical artist. I've never heard of her. I, I don't know. But uh, then he talks to the CEO of Caesar's Palace because, you know, <laughs> that's important. Yeah, well, he got, he let them be in his, in his uh, arena. So, you know, he deserves a Oh, well, you know, and then we should have taken, taken time out of the last WrestleMania to interview Jerry Jones too, right? <laughs> yes. Was Donald oh, Trump not on camera at WrestleMania 4 and 5? Yeah, which is... Hell, even at 7, when he wasn't even doing anything. His wife was. <laughs> but, but people tell me this is the greatest WrestleMania of all time, okay? I, I'm not saying this. Just, you know, people have told me. Lots Number of people, okay? One, greatest ever. Greatest WrestleMania. Look, we have plenty of bottled water out in the out in the lobby. Get yourself a Trump water. There's other <laughs> water, less more inferior water, okay? That's just what people say. <laughs> water inferior. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But anyway, we then go backstage yet again with me, Gene Okerlund, standing by with a Mr. Perfect. Dude, this WrestleMania was oh, so off. This, this, this interview, believe it or not, it's going to be hard to say, but it's kind of cringe. Mr. Perfect is not, is not exactly cringy on the mic, but man, this was hard to watch. Yeah, right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that part. It's, it's just this event, man. But Gene says that earlier in the day at a brunch event, Lex Luger knocked out Bret Hart with a uh, cheap shot and... <laughs> because apparently he, he's doing that th- the gimmick where he's got the steel plate in his forearm, so he's knocking oh, well, people out gimmick. with it. Well, the, the steel plate isn't a gimmick, but him knocking people out, that's like his whole thing. And uh, uh, Mr. Perfect says that he's a cheap shot artist, and he says, well, he calls himself the knockout artist. Like, oh, you mean like that young knockout kid? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, no. People, yeah, I hope people get that one. But <laughs> anyway... He says that uh, Luger's actually a cheap shot artist and that he's not, even though he's a narcissist, he thinks he's better than perfect, but he's not. And then he gets tongue twisted and he calls Lex the Lexorcist. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he keeps going. He's like, the bad, <laughs> like, he, like he, he covers up nice. Oh, I've been, I've been tables all night. I'm, I'm slept <laughs> or something like that. He yeah, exactly right. says. Mean Gene mm-hmm. has to step in and save his ass at one point. <laughs> I love he said, hey, don't go far. I want to go to the tables with you. <laughs> yeah, he's like, 
like I'm just he's like I'm just so excited for WrestleMania. I'm getting tongue tied here. It's like mother of God. I was just gonna say the whole thing with Luger and Brett never pays off ever. Not until the very next WrestleMania. <laughs> no, no, the very next WrestleMania, the Luger and oh, well. Perfect thing pays off. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, there's that. I guess. Uh, well, the very next Royal Rumble, I should say. They, uh, but but they never end up facing each other. No, they don't. Well, it's that to where they might face each other at WrestleMania 10. Yeah. Had Luger won, they would have faced each other. Yeah. Which, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like they should have, that should have been the match, Luger and Hart. But, I don't know, maybe that's just me. Either way. But, we go to this match. It is the Narcissist, Lex Luger, taking on Mr. Perfect in about 11 minutes. So, Lex's entrance, people need to go back and just watch this thing. His theme sucked, by the way. I just want to point that out. No, but his uh, uh, accompaniment was all kinds of roll tide. I was about to say the women with uh, that that were holding the mirrors and such, all kinds of roll tide. They showed plenty of back shots, by the way, which uh, I appreciated from the cameraman and the director. And but, uh, Mr. Perfect appreciated too on his entrance, if you noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he did. Uh, it's like uh, uh, he had to, he had to be like, uh, "I'm a married man. I'm a married man. I can only go to the I can only go to the end of my leash and bark." <laughs> But in the end, Luger gets Mr. Perfect in a backslide pin. Mr. Perfect gets his feet in the ropes, but the ref doesn't see it. So he counts the pin for Luger. Uncle Dave gave this a star and a quarter. I gave it two and a half. I thought it was average. What say you? I gave it two. I thought it was a decent match, but I don't know. And especially you see the follow-up to this. It's like, wow, like is this feud just completely wrapped up and you're going into another one? Because... Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, well, they, uh... Yeah, it kind of is just... It's over for now, we'll say. Yeah, well, because after the match, Luger nails Mr. Perfect with a running forearm to the face. And then it knocks him out for a few seconds while Luger, t- uh, while Luger fucks off to the back. Uh, <laughs> what the <Mr>. hell? Per- <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Mr. Perfect eventually gets up angry and storms off to the backstage area. Uh, and... Mr. Perfect pushes past uh, Shawn, Shawn Michaels, who's talking to Lex Luger, and he starts brawling with Luger. Yeah, what the and... hell were they in, by the way? Did you catch that? No. I'm like, they were like, it was like a bunch of, uh, with, like, cleaning supplies, a bunch of boxes. I'm like, what the hell? Oh, Where are yeah, they? Yeah, okay. Like, what yeah, what like is a, this? Like, it's like a supply garage, basically, on, on uh, the property. It was huge to be a supply garage. Was, that's, that's my point. I guess it's a yeah, freaking right. arena. Of course it's huge. I guess that makes sense, but yeah. I am overthinking it. But he starts beating up Lex Luger, and then Sean jumps Mr. Perfect from behind, starts kicking and punching him, and then he starts slamming different equipment into him, beat him and, down completely. And uh, another spoiler, by the way, that never goes anywhere either. Really? He doesn't feud with Sean? They have a match with the King of the Ring, but only because of, like, brackets. So it doesn't really... No, Why they don't set this... No, Sean Russell's crush. Never mind. So I don't think it goes anywhere. Why would you set this up at WrestleMania... And just be like, ah, F it. If it went anywhere, it was not anything of significance. It was only on TV, obviously. Yeah. Because I just don't think it went anywhere. Like That's I said, Luger and, Luger and uh, Perfect wouldn't, do, wouldn't wrap it up until next year, or 2010. And then, That's yeah. another thread for this event, is just crap not going anywhere. But back at the commentary table, Bobby Heenan is happy about what, about what just happened, and Macho Man stands up, getting ready to fight with him. Jim Ross has to hold them apart before sending it to Gorilla Monsoon. And Gorilla tells us what's coming up in the next two matches, the final two matches of the show. 
and then sends it back to ringside. Uh, real quick, last thing about that last match. All I could think of was that story Bruce Pritchard told about uh, Kurt liked to F with Lex Luger because Luger was like so OCD about stuff. And like during their matches, he would yank off little tassels here and there. And then he'd like show it to him. He's like, got another one. And he's like, damn it. And he's like looking all over. He's like, where did that come from? That's <laughs> uh, hilarious. But we, we now go to uh, our second to last match of the night. And my, what a match it was. I don't think I've ever said this in my life, but man, the Undertaker match came up and I was just like, oh God. Yeah, right. It's a Giant Gonzalez with Harvey Whippleman in his corner taking on The Undertaker with Paul Bearer in his corner. This went about seven and a half minutes. Yes, an Undertaker match went seven and a half minutes at WrestleMania, and it sucked. Also, I want to point out, too, this was during the uh, time when Harvey Whippleman had like a hard-on to either get rid of The Undertaker or kill him or whatever. He kept bringing guys to fight him, and this was his ultimate surprise. Yeah, right. Oh, God. Them all have failed. What do you think? We're only a year and a half away from the Undertaker literally facing himself. That was, uh, that yeah. Was and, and, you know, uh, Ethan Page gets so much crap for that. Yeah, the Undertaker is just fine. Yeah, right. God. The Undertaker is pulled into the ring, with, or excuse me, pulled it to the ring by a chariot uh, with a vulture next to him on a perch. Now, that was pretty I, badass. That's probably the best part of the whole match. Yeah, I like that. I love, by the way, how there's crotch hair and a butt crack airbrushed on Giant Gonzalez's bodysuit. I'll never get over that. I don't know if you noticed, TJ, but men have crotch hair and butt cracks. But why do we need airbrushed on the bodysuit? Damn it, pal. Look at him. He needs to be hairy. God dang it, pal. He's got a full bush and a butt crack. Holy crap. And you somehow made it worse. Why did... Why do we need to see the butt crack? That's my thing. Just... Why? <sighs> but you anyway... You see this, and yet they make uh, Bailey cover up. <laughs> I know, right? The butt crack we want to see. But anyway, moving on. Uh, in the end, Harvey Whippleman gets to the... Or gets on the apron, and the Undertaker hits him. But not before he tosses a rag to Giant Gonzalez. Paul Bearer gets up on the apron and uh, gets taken out by Giant Gonzalez now. And now, uh, Giant Gonzalez takes the rag covered in chloroform, supposedly. So bad. And smothers the Undertaker with it. Right. You heard me right. And this leads to a disqualification win for the Undertaker. Another BS finish. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter. I gave it a star. What say you? I toyed with breaking my rule and giving it zero stars, but I gave it one. Yeah. It, uh, my question is, like, eh? big giant. I get it, the Undertaker, but he has big giant needs chloroform to. Right. It should have been a smaller dude doing this. This was dumb. The giant Gonzalez chokeslams a referee after the match. More referee abuse on the show. And the Undertaker gets wheeled back out, uh, wheeled to the back on the stretcher. A gong hits, and the Undertaker comes back to the ring, hitting a bunch of running attacks on Gonzalez. Security gets Giant Gonzalez out of there. The crowd goes crazy for the Undertaker. My note here is uh, it has less effect when the gong goes off and the lights don't go down and gets dark. Yeah, right. I was like, yeah, it looks kind of weird, but. I want to also point something out, too. 
What is this? This is like, let's just say it's April. It might be March. Good take April. Let's see what's six, seven, eight, nine months away from the Royal Rumble 94. Yokozuna is a pretty big man. He enlists like 10 dudes to come out and put the Undertaker in the casket. But Johnny Gonzalez, a large man, needs chloroform. Well, yeah, Greg. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you don't get about this. Uh, I don't know. It's making too much sense, I guess. God dang it, pal. Quit thinking about it. But <laughs> if you think about it, it hurts your head. John Gonzalez is effing gigantic, and, like, they're trying to build him up as big and intimidating. But, yeah, when he uses chloroform, it makes me, like, care less about him. I Not that I really gave a I damn about I feel like him, he should have held him down and Harvey Whippleman should have used the chloroform. Or maybe yeah, he held him Harvey Whippleman just smothered him with it or something. I gotta work, too. Something. Just what they did didn't work, and it was dumb. Or use the chloroform on Paul Bear, and he can't use the urn to help him. Uh, yeah, that too. Any, anything, anything is better than what they did. So, yeah, I don't freaking know. <sighs> but anyway, I've never criticized anything with the Undertaker like this in my life. <laughs> right. Well, and the Undertaker was like complaining to, like Bruce Richard said, well, I didn't think about it at first, but he said he sat and thought about it there for a little while because the Undertaker started complaining. He was like, "Man, we saddled you with some." crap and he's like i should be apologizing i'm so sorry this is what this is exactly why he misses next year's WrestleMania. i'm betting oh god yeah right and then he comes we, back and has a stinker with uh with uh king kong bundy yeah king kong bundy in 95 that's another <laughs> one but we go backstage with me and gene okerlund again who I think of it, he wouldn't have a great wrestlemania match again until with kane oh diesel was just okay yeah, that's true. Uh, but Mean Gene goes through the path of destruction that Yokozuna has left behind him, and he shows clips of this before bringing in Hulk. Ho- excuse me, before bringing in Hulk Hogan to give his predictions for the match. Oh man, uh, it, this promo! <laughs> yeah, it just—it's like okay, the match is between Yokozuna and Bret Hart. So let's interview Hulk Hogan. Okay. Again, hindsight, of course, but. You can see it now from a mile away. Right. Yeah, because, dude, you don't even see Bret Hart, who is the WWF champion, until he walks out for his match. Well, because Luger knocked him out. To be fair, they set that up. Well, yeah, I get that's their, their thing. I know it was earlier but, in the day or whatever, but, you know, they made, they made sure Amber at home. Yeah. Well, either well, way. You know, uh, no, no issues there. Gotta give it to him. Well, Mean Gene asks Hogan what the hell happened to his face. We can see now that his left eye is completely black and red. Uh, Hogan talks about how Bret Hart can get the job done, and everyone is pulling for him. He offhandedly mentions that Teddy Biasi paid to get him attacked while leaving a gym, but then he goes back to saying that he wants a title shot at either Bret Hart or the Jap. Yeah, whoever, le- whoever leaves with the world title. How oh, did God. that get on TV? Because back then it was still okay, I guess. I don't know. Well, remember when... When the hell would Rick, that ever be okay? Ever? I th- I thought about this. It's like, it, look, if people find it offensive, like, I get it, whatever. That's, you know. But my thing is, like, when did when did that start becoming, like... Because Jap is literally short for Japanese. It's kind of a weird thing to be considered a slur. But, I mean, yeah, it like, is... Yeah, I've got whatever, a few but, Jewish people who don't like the word Jew. No, right, I, yeah. like, I don't give a damn. No, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know the lingo, and I don't. I just right. rather just respect everyone and not use bad stuff. But yeah, right. 
Well, there was one show uh, from the old NWA days where Ric Flair was on commentary, and it was like, yeah. I want to say it was, I think it, I think it was we did it. We, we reviewed it. I, I forget what it was, but we reviewed it because we had fun talking about it. Right. Fun, and he's, like, and, oh my God, this got through. <laughs> was it Muda in the match? It was, I want to say it was Muda, yeah. Okay, yeah, and he called, and he said the word Jap like four times. Multiple times, yeah. Again, I'm not we, laughing at it. I'm like, how did this get cleared? Right. Well, I guess no live TV, pal. Yep. But now we go I back keep to... Mind the two guys were talking about that set, Hogan and Flair. They're not exactly, hey, you say something bad, you're fired. You know, well, kind plus, of like I said, I, I had never heard anybody saying that that was a slur until, like, the 2000s. So, like, back in the 90s, I think it was just, like, it was a, it was a word. Well, my grandpa fought World War II. I'm sure he used it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he used more colorful words to describe yeah. it. Uh, uh, but we now go to Todd Pettengill in the crowd again. He tries to talk to a little kid. I really uh, don't like who, this guy, huh? I like Todd Pettengill. I think these segments are a waste of time. But he he tries to talk to a little kid in the crowd who doesn't say anything, and then <laughs> yeah. he talks. Then he talks to two clearly planted dude bro chads who are over the top goofy dude bro chads. Sorry, pause yeah. for a second. What the hell does that mean? I've never heard yeah. that my entire life. I've heard Dupro, but not Dupro Ch- Chad. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm adding it. Because when, well, when, oh, when somebody says you're such a Chad, it's like, you know, it's, like, a gym, it's like you're a gym bro. Like, uh, you know, you're one of them that probably watches like the, the male advice videos about brothers, how you pick up chicks. And, you know, you wear clothes that are too tight and stuff like that. You probably have a tribal tattoo like, and you're I heard white. So- if I heard someone before you just said, if I heard someone say you're such a Chad, I would think that means they're they're literally from the country of Chad. Oh my God, that'd be That's hilarious. What yeah. Well, this one, no, it's uh, I'm clearly yeah. you know not with the lingo nowadays. Go on to UrbanDictionary.com, look up the word Chad. You'll have some fun with it. Urban Dictionary, man, that's my Bible, so I should know this stuff. I thought TNAWrestlingNews.com was your Bible. <laughs> that's anyway. the old Oh well, of course. Then you got the, but, the New Testament, and then you got the uh, the one that's kind of like dumbed down, you know, for like lamest terms. Yeah. yeah, there's a couple different Bibles. I don't know what you don't get. God. But yeah, he wrote it. The, these guys are, wow. These guys are over-the-top goofy and wearing homemade togas. But now, <laughs> it's time for our second-to-last break here. Uh, I just like it. He said over-the-top goofy as opposed to the old goofy. That's fine. <laughs> well, there's just a little goofy, like, ah, you're being goofy, whatever. And then there's like, mother of God. <laughs> Chill out. Well. But we're going to take our second to last break. When we come back, it's main event time. We'll wrap up the show. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. What do we do? 
Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Slowly, mate. Take it easy. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. It's Brett the Hitman Hart defending the world's heavyweight title against Yokozuna. This goes about nine minutes. So, newsflash, Brett Hart is super over. Uh, in the end, Brett yeah, a yanked, bit. <laughs> Brett Hart yanked away from the is yanked away from the corner and rips a turnbuckle pad off because he was holding on to it at the time. Yokozuna tries to slam Brett Hart's face into it. Brett stops and slams Yoko's face into the exposed steel instead. He then locks in the sharpshooter. And uh, as well as well as he can, <laughs> yeah, right. You can't. Well, he just could I mean, obviously, for obviously, he just couldn't get it on him, <laughs> right? And uh, well, he's got it locked in the best he can. And then when uh, the ref isn't looking, Mr. Fuji throws a handful of salt in Brett's eyes. Yoko then walks over to a writhing Brett and pins him for the win. This wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, but it wasn't great. Those stupid nerve holds lasted forever. Luckily, Brett was able to redeem himself at the next year with Yokozuna. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this three stars. I gave it two. Let's say you. I gave it two. Uh, if you're yeah. if you're to believe Brett's book, apparently this match was supposed to go another ten minutes, and Yokozuna winded out. The hell? Yeah, I don't uh, know. I don't know if I buy that because uh, there was other well, things. Well, that's what I said earlier. That sometimes Brett and Hogan just say stuff. So there you right. go. Well. He said there was 10 minutes that he had a cut, and he was really pissed off as we said that. Well, I'll talk. I'll bring up the timing thing here in a minute with a wrap-up, but real quick, uh, while Yokozuna is celebrating his victory in the ring, Hulk Hogan comes out to protest the result with with, uh, Earl Hebner. Through broken English, Mr. Fuji tells Hulk Hogan that Yokozuna is issuing a WWF title challenge to Hulk Hogan right now. Hulk Hogan starts to threat. If you look back at it, Yokozuna never opened his mouth whatsoever. Yeah, right. It's all Fuji. Uh, Hulk Hogan starts to help Bret Hart, but then he turns around and Bret tells him to go and accept the challenge. Once Hogan quick, gets on back, that, if you go back and watch it, there's a little Easter egg in there I pointed out to my buddy. Uh, if you go back and watch when Bret's telling him to go, there's a mm-hmm. uh, there's like there's like a, a black man right next to him. That black man turns out to be Oscar from Man on a Mission, who are not, he'll yet to debut. He just happens to that's, be there. Wow, that's hilarious. Once Hogan gets back in the ring... Yokozuna holds him for Fuji. Fuji goes to throw salt in Hogan's eyes, but Hulk ducks and Yokozuna gets the salt in his eyes. Hogan takes out Fuji, dro- <laughs> uh, drops Yokozuna, hits a leg drop. <laughs> you know, like, I've seen that. Like, if you go back and look at it, if Fuji had hit Hogan with the salt, he was still going to hit Yokozuna a little bit too. It was going to hit his face anyways. <laughs> you know, the right. way he had him. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Uh, but, uh... Anyway, Yoko gets the salt in his eyes. Hogan takes out Fuji, drops Yokozuna, hits the leg drop, and wins the WWF World title. WrestleMania 9 comes to a close with Hulk Hogan and his Herb Abrams yellow cowboy boots posing for the crowd. That people went crazy for. Exactly. Uh, Well, that's why they were cheering. 
But he poses in the ring while fireworks blow above his head because Hulk must pose, pal. So and he is going, ape shit. Why are you telling me? Because you only on top for three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Now this is uh, this is the wrap up from Dave, Uncle Dave here. So there were some timing problems with matches running long, which led to later matches being cut short, and the advertised Bam Bam Bigelow versus Kamala match being axed altogether. I had which, that in my notes. I was going to tell you, yeah, they built that up pretty, not a lot on TV, but pretty well because Bigelow was like the unstoppable heel, and Kamala was like all of a sudden the face, and the scary guy that could beat the monster. They kind of built it up, I and mean, yeah, it just never happened. Nice. Well, I'm not exactly crying that that match was not on here because mother of God. But the crowd was apathetic, similar to the same casino crowds that saw WrestleMania 4 and 5 at Trump Plaza a few years ago. However, despite fan reaction being negative, Uncle Dave actually defends the decision for Hulk Hogan to win the title from a business standpoint. He says that building the future around Bret Hart simply hasn't drawn, uh, and while building around Hogan again, might not be a long-term solution. He's a proven draw, and they need to turn business around immediately. There's no room to think long-term when things are so bad in the short-term. Uncle Dave basically thinks that if Hogan can get the business back up, that they can run him on top for a while and actually give themselves some breathing room to plan for the future after he leaves again. I just want to point out, we were were watching this with a friend, and I'm like, man, when Hogan won, say whatever you want, but that play's blue. They went yeah, nuts right. when he won. And then my friend's like, oh, yeah, the title going on the most over guy in the history of this business. Yeah, that was a bad decision. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I, it was weird. And uh, you could, I don't think he held on to it for very long, did he? He dropped yeah, he it lost pretty it the quickly. After. The ring. Now in the archives, with you and Jacob Grandi on the Sunday. I think it was just us with that one, wasn't it? I don't think it was me. Maybe I not. think it was you and Grandi, I want to say. I know he has the first name, but it's calling him Grandi sounds cool. Um, <laughs> but I'm yeah, pretty sure it was you two. Maybe. I don't remember. We'd, I'd have to go back and check. But well, yeah, was busy. yeah, and he stepped in, yeah. So. Gotcha. Well, either way, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, it's final ratings time. And what's coming up in the podcast right after this? Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah? Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. 
Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Internet Movie Database gave this 5.8 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 4.03 out of 10. I gave it 6.5 out of 10. Probably a D minus. What say you? Well, a little bit higher. I gave it a C plus. Yeah. Uh, I did not. A lot of screwy like things. No matches that blew the doors off anything, but I thought it was okay. Yeah. I just was not a fan of this whatsoever. I don't know. But it was okay, I guess. But that does it for that, man. Uh, that's our first WrestleMania. Next week, it's going to be even worse. How, you might ask, we're bringing you WCW Uncensored 1995. Oh, baby. <laughs> God, this show is bad. You hold on. But Good it's okay. Lord, because... man. That's okay. This may be one of the worst shows we've ever reviewed on the podcast from WCW. If oh, not the worst. There's, yeah, there's no question. Uh, but it, it's okay. We're going to try to make up for it the next week, though, because on March 15th, we bring you WWE WrestleMania 19, which is a really good show. So The second best one ever? Yeah, I'd say. I'd, I'd put it as my second best. But, yeah, so some good stuff coming up, some not-so-good stuff coming up. We will have fun with next week's episode, though. It's so bad, it's, it's hilarious, and we'll have the fun The bad with ones it. are fun. Exactly. Check it out. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yeah, thank you for doing this to me. You're welcome. I'm on hindsight, you could have done worse. Oh, hell yeah. We'll see you next week with Uncensored 95.